Coming up on Telling the Odds, Obi-Wan Kenobi Chapter 6 has just aired. The, the show is done, and we are going to review the whole thing right now for you guys. We back, baby. What time is it, 3PO? It is time for Telling the Odds. Episode of Tell- Yeah. Wait, Sorry, that was a terrible soundbite mix. I was trying to do. I was trying to do a hello there in time with the intro and your intro oh, as well. Oh, good, hang oh, on. good. Hang on, everyone. Everyone, silent. Ready. Hello there. There we oh, go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We back, guys. How's it going? <laughs> yes, it's it's been you know not insignificant break, but it's been a know, minute. We're been back, minute. and we are very excited to do right back into Star Wars because absolutely we've been missing it. Well, I mean, we haven't been missing it in terms of we've been watching Star Wars, but we've missed talking about it. It's, it's we a have. passion, you know. We're a bit. We're in a bit of a new setup. We've got some cool new props, some set decoration yeah, here. Things have uh, changed. I recently had my twenty-first birthday, and this was a. Uh, a, a very generous gift from Michael and a few of other, a few more of our friends. Yes. Um, I recently had a twenty-first birthday in which this was given. So. Yes, this is. Uh, let's show the people what this is. We Michael. love our Star Wars props. Yes, here. this is Michael and I make an effort to kind of always handcraft gifts to one another when exactly. Christmases or birthdays roll around. Uh, Michael very generously gifted me uh, the Big Hey Zoo out of Play-Doh on air. That is on YouTube yes. because it's it was, during attempt, our, yeah. it was during our trivia match. Uh, this completely just like one ups and goes. What like, is oh, this? Yeah, a, oh, this is a, a an accurate recreation printed in ABS plastic of Terrace Nube's top of his uh, walking stick, also in his lightsaber hilt. Yes, it is uh, fantastic. Remainder of the cane sold separately. Yeah, exactly. no, <laughs> no. I, oh, I and I, when I say sold separately, I would, it would involve uh, modeling it from scratch. Uh, you did and fantastic. We kind of just we, I kind of painted it, and uh, you know, it's, it was. I had a great time making this. It was, well, a, it was a lot of fun. I'm very proud to own it, Jack, because it is a, it make an excellent addition to my collection. I'm very happy you like it. And this is my this is my saber that I have it that I that I also have. It's not handcrafted, but it's Luke's. Um, it's the ones they give out at uh, Galaxy's Edge. Mm, I've had that for a little while now. We've got Kylo Ren and Boba Fett and BB-8 and. Um, Mando Ahsoka down there. It's so a fun little setup we have. But, but we we're do. faffing around. We, 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 we're here for a reason. We're here to talk about the Kenobi! Problem, as you were saying to me earlier. Hello there. Pres- <laughs> hello there. Presumably the biggest Star Wars TV show on Disney Plus if ever. One of the most... The, it's probably the, the most anticipated thing in Star Wars material since probably The Force Awakens, honestly. I think so. Definitely the most hyped I've been for a Star Wars project since Force Awakens. Certainly with our generation where there's just been this huge resurgence of prequel love and this is the big continuation. Ewan McGregor's back. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hayden Christensen back. Yep. Uh, Darth Vader. It's, because the people who yeah. were kids when the prequels came out are our age now. Yeah. So we're kind well, of... And older. Exactly. Because the thing is, is that the people who are our age in Star Wars, kind of uh, in the Star Wars community, kind of have the strongest voices. You know, oh, definitely. Though. Yeah. People who are like in their 20s like we are. So, uh, and those people t- in today's day and age are people who grew up with the prequels and, and were kids when the prequels came out, which definitely. is why that they're having such a resurgence. So for all we know, in another 20 years, the sequels could be you know, revered yeah. as the prequels are now. That but, will be interesting to watch. I, although it's funny as, as when we're 40, like our, as wild as we're, it we're seems. like nephews and nieces or kids, I guess we're just like, yeah. Oh my God, I love rise of Skywalker. I'm like, you're not my son. You, that <laughs> is, yeah. Very interesting. Cause I swear there was definitely that reaction when at least, um, Phantom Menace and certainly attack of the clones came out of just complete, like at first kind of like, mm, are they good? And then just, 
betrayal of like almost everyone universally thought they were just nowhere near as good in quality. And it just took a while for them to receive the love that they have now. And yeah, as much as it seems impossible to think that, yeah, eight year old or 20 year old would be like, oh yeah, I love Rosa Skywalker. That's my favorite one growing up. I'm like, yep. What? But I know. Well, hey, well, and, and regardless of where how how they were received, whether this was 15 years ago or now, I think everyone's always collectively agreed that Ewan McGregor was the best part of the prequels, oh, which is which is which is yeah, why the Obi Wan Kenobi series was so anticipated. And when those yeah. trailers came out, oh my god, I was just I was well, floored. It was like the biggest like rumored speculation. Oh, oh yeah. we're losing shit. Did that just yeah. was that the was that the lightsaber? It was the lightsaber. It's alright. That's okay. We're all good. We'll fix that. We're still flying half a ship, at least. So, yeah, <laughs> not to worry. We are still flying half the ship. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Hello there. <laughs> you just gonna try and whip that out every second. We're gonna have to update this. We do uh, with the new. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that surely. Spoilers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Yeah, so no, what I was saying is, uh, but leading up to it, there was this huge idea of like, oh, is there going to be a Kenobi movie leading up to it? And then there it was originally a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Then they announced Kenobi show, and it was like five years or four years off or whatever. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so excited for that. And like always leading up to it, we always kept saying, what are our most anticipated shows? Well, Kenobi. That was always our number one. That was, right? always, that was yeah. always the thing that I was most looking forward to. Exactly. Um, and so it's here. It's arrived, and it's all dropped. It's all dropped. It's done. Um, we figured we'd wait until episode six was done for us to exactly. for us to for us to really delve deep into it. Give us a clear mind because I do think our opinions have definitely shifted as it goes. And obviously upon rewatch, we'll probably have a new perspective again, but I do think now that we've seen all of it, we can give a good consensus of how we thought it went. Exactly. Uh, All right. So let's just get into it. Um, Okay. So we'll just start with episode one, I suppose. Um, I think that episode one was a, okay. We'll just give our overall thoughts on the show. First of all, I think so. Yeah. Um, Because, is it going to be spoiler, non-spoiler? Should we yeah, start well, spoilers. Non-spoiler? Spoilers. Let's just clarify that. Yeah, spoilers yeah, ahead, we by are, the way. We're going to be del- delving deep into this show. I think brief, quick non-spoiler. If you love the prequels, oh, well, obviously, if you love the prequels, go into it. But if you liked part of the prequels, specifically the part with Obi-Wan, played by Ewan McGregor, and how it went with Anakin, this continues that story in an interesting way that I think, while maybe in some parts stumbles a bit, overall has a really fun storyline that gives everything fans wanted i i assume in my opinion yeah so. I, I've, my overall thoughts on the show is that when it, when it first started i wasn't sure that the storyline that they were going with and what we were essentially going to be given in the next in the in the six episodes it wasn't exactly what i was looking for all right it wasn't exactly what i was looking for and it did make me a bit apprehensive going going into it and especially after the first episode because the first episode is a lot of setup it and is it's kind of establishing Obi Wan start quite slow where he is, and then Episode Two really take um, you know expands on on the story that they're telling. Mm. Um, but I think that the story that they went with uh, turned out really well. Um, it did definitely have its ebbs and flows, and there are definitely some parts of the show that I that I didn't like that uh, that were that, that moved quite slowly, and there were parts of this story that they stru- as far as how it was structured and how it was spaced out over these well, let's say six hours that it wasn't an hour yeah, it was, each. It was a bit of a shorter show, but I think it, it was it worked um, with it. I think. Yeah, there were there were parts of it that seemed somewhat superfluous to me, especially towards the middle. Mm. But it had an amazing ending. This Definitely. show. Especially in like the last two episodes, and you know, you guys, I'm, I'm, if if you're watching this podcast, you've almost definitely, you've seen, almost it, definitely seen it. We already. do recommend giving it a watch beforehand, watching this end, exactly, and creating um, your uh, what's it called, uh, having your own opinions after. It. I think that episode, I think that episodes five and six of this show, as far as quality, as far as storytelling, as far yeah. as uh, acting, what all across the board, direction, what have you, uh, it's some of the best Star Wars that we've seen since. Uh, I mean. First season of Mando, I, yeah. I'd say it's up there with with the likes of the best episodes of The Mandalorian. I think it's I think some so, of the yeah. greatest material that we've gotten in Star Wars so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Ewan McGregor, 
a legend. He's just, he's so good at this character. I cannot fault his performance in this show whatsoever. He goes immediately back into, into the Obi-Wan of Rage of the to him that I like, because it wasn't just, this isn't the exact place we see him at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Like, it's the direction he's getting, yeah. but he's, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to jump into spoilers too much, but basically, should we just jump into episode one? Yeah, okay, yeah. spoilers, spoilers ahead. ahead. Those yeah. are our non-spoiler thoughts. Let's yes. get into it. Let's get, let's get deep into so it. So immediately, we jump into him 10 years later? or 10 yeah. years later. So he's been on Tatooine. He is pretty much defeated man. Like, he's he's given up hope of the Jedi. He's here just to look after Luke. It, this this is not the Obi-Wan that we knew from the prequels. Yeah. And it's also not the Obi-Wan that we know by the time of A New Hope. So clearly there's going to be some growth in here, which I, I like the idea of. I was very curious how it would be perceived because in a lot of ways, Obi-Wan at the start of this show is in the exact same spot that Luke is in in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like Luke's outlook in The Last Jedi because they don't feel it's earned. Yeah. All right. Um, we're not going to get into Last Jedi right now. This but is not that podcast. No. Um, but I feel like the, the the reasons for Obi Wan's kind of just you know complete defeat. He has no kind of. He, he doesn't have a lot of hope left. Yeah. Um, was completely founded because yeah. of what happened in Episode Three, and I mean, uh, the whole Jedi Order was destroyed and shaken, and his 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 apprentice, the only family he ever knew. You know, exactly. and and that's why when that first Jedi comes along, we never really know. We we never learn his name. Mm. Um, but that guy who was in the saloon in Tatooine that gets chased by the Inquisitors and eventually uh, dies, um, Obi Wan tells him to go bury his lightsaber in the desert, go find a new life. I, I don't. I'm not going to help you because exactly. um, we, we we can't be helping each other. Otherwise, we'll draw too much attention. Mm. And speaking of that original scene, we did. Uh, that's the first scene where we got to see the Inquisitors, who are secondary antagonists in the shows if like vader's the primary one later on yep um so obviously we have seeing again the fourth brother is third brother uh one of them the uh we saw him in rebels i'm pretty is sure isn't the seventh no, yeah, no actually it might be fifth higher. brother fifth brother fifth that's brother. it yeah. um as well as the grand inquisitor and the grand inquisitor is very different from as we see him in rebels however at first i did not like the design and the voice is very different it only took me a couple of bit scenes with him to realize I, he won me over. He grew on me. I huh? do think it's different, but he's got like a presence to him, which I definitely like. So yeah, Grand Inquisitor, I, I, I did enjoy. I think that Rupert, uh, is it Rupert Fiend or Rupert Friend? I'm not sure, but um, yes, the, the actor who played yeah, him, I exactly. think he did. I think he did really well. Um, yeah, I, it didn't bother me that it wasn't Jason Azak's doing the voice. Um, I think it's more just like, it just looks very different from how Power and have been shown in the past. That's that's the thing that yeah. really bothered us when that first trailer showed up. Um, but, but again, it's not something that I like judge the yeah. j- judge the show on. Like it's re- not the most important thing. As long as they get the essence of like the characters and the storytelling exactly. the best, that's the most important. I don't the, I don't care about his, the nitpicky things. His role in the story as it is, which he's not in it too much. I feel like he had an imposing figure to him. But and if it serves the story and it, if it serves the story and is executed properly and uh, you know pays homage to what that character means in canon, I don't really mind about the the nitpicks, yeah. which also relates to something else towards the end of the show that we'll get into we shortly. Get that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, as far as nitpicking, but it doesn't really matter because of what it does for the story and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the show. Mm. Um, but the other thing is Ray, Raver? Is it Raver? Reaver. I Reaver, think. yeah. Reaver. So who's a new character, a new Jedi. Third she is sister. Third sister, yeah. yes. Um, and so we have a differing opinion about her at, to begin with, I believe. So Yeah. Because I quite like her in the show. I feel like she's an interesting fresh air for like a protagonist of terms of like how driven she is to like fighting her goals and, and kind of like, so we're, we're shown to begin with that. She is obsessed with finding Obi-Wan specifically. 
Um, and we learn backstory wise why that is later on. Yeah. But- Cause I remember one of the first things that you hear about, you know, when they, when they discuss Kenobi, a fifth brother and third and, and Reva, yeah. and he says, what do you think you will gain by capturing him? And she says, what I'm owed, mm. which, which brought up this idea. Okay. She has some kind of connection or affiliation to Obi-Wan yeah. and his part in possibly order 66 and the fall of the Jedi that so. she feels she wants, she wants revenge for. Yeah. Cause they've um, often kept the origins of the Inquisitors quite vague with the exception of Grand Inquisitor, who we know was a Jedi um, Temple Guardian, I believe. But like other ones, I'm not too sure. If you know what know I was thinking one. about the other day when I was just, when, you know, when we were doing all. When we were, tangent uh, number one, let's go. I yeah. watched episode five. Again, tangent yeah, yeah. number one. Uh, watching episode five, and we we're getting on the flashes back to Order 66. Yes. During Order 66 and the raid on the Jedi Temple, mm. where were the Temple Guards? Uh, they they presumably were like right at the start. They probably got like destroyed by the five uh, first, right? Uh, sh- sure, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel guess. like if their job is to guard the Jedi Temple, they were probably at the front guarding the Jedi Temple. And if they made it that far into the Jedi Temple, there's probably, probably some probably didn't do very well. There's probably some Wikipedia explanation as to how they yeah. as to what they did, or in which case didn't well, fact, do because obviously we, they failed. <laughs> yeah, you know what we missed if we're doing episode one. The o- cold open to this show is that is a flashback to Order 66. It is. With the Jedi younglings. It is. Um, so. And a lot of people, and they were right about this, is that they thought that the young uh, youngling who, who says run was Reva. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Right, which is great. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of, speaks to the to the intelligence of the audience and and um Definitely. yeah and the obviously uh, the funny thing is is when that scene was first shown up i thought that we were setting up for those that set of i thought this this was going to be the story i thought that when they said we run um i thought that that set of younglings was going to be like a i thought the story was going to be okay obi-wan has to protect this group of children right i thought that yeah. this was going to be kind of like a um you know, kind of like the gathering arc in Clone Wars. There's a small band of youngling Jedi that Obi-Wan has to, has to protect. I mean, Um, it could have been, but like it would have had to, they would have had to have survived quite a while because we know pretty much what happens to Obi-Wan directly after event uh, order 66. He fights Anakin. Then he like takes, goes to um, the place where Luke and Leia are born. Then he goes to Tatooine. Like he, they would have to make their way to Tatooine, which I mean, exactly. Because because you're so overcome by the fact that the, that that a show you love is starting. And the fact that we're seeing order 66, that anything goes through your mind. And I remember that being something that kind of flashed through my head, but obviously didn't get uh, panned out. Um, I did, I did love seeing more of Order 66. I loved seeing uh, Clone Wars. Uh, sorry, I, I loved seeing clones, actually, yeah, physical clones. Yeah, they look good. Because they're all CG in Revenge of the Sith. But that's the thing about the clones. There's not the a helmets. single live-action clone in the, <laughs> the prequels. The are way too small in the prequels. Yeah. They're just, you can't fit a human head in there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so, so the fact that they're all actually people in suits in this one, was yeah. uh, I appreciated that. And it was very, very well done. And I love the way it was shot. Um, that also brings us to a kind of cool bit in... Um, in episode two, mm. when you see a homeless 500, uh, 501st yeah. clone, you there know, were lots is- of little tidbits and references to the prequel fans that you love. Like it was, yeah, it's interesting. It was mostly a story talking about continuing revenge of the Sith, but almost every like hint and reference I feel like was setting up for the original trilogy, which is the thing we were yeah. mentioning about like, um, how but a lot of it had to do with the fallout as well from yes. the prequels, and that's why we saw that 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 clone veteran, that homeless clone veteran, and that's why the it, purpose it, of the show was definitely to set up the character of Obi Wan from how we see him in Render the Sith to how we see him in A New Hope. Yeah, and, yeah, and so varying degrees ways of doing that, but uh, and that definitely speaks to like the tragic. Again, we 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 know how tragic the story of the clones is. Is that you know they they 
died for nothing essentially. But, yeah. um, you know, that also lends itself to the fact that, um, that that idea of the clones were kept in circulation for a little while. Vader's fist to the 501st, you know, they would have kept, they would have been kept around for a while. Yeah, and this is something, not the this longest, is, this yeah, is something he was that's, a five first member. Exactly. This is something that's being elaborated on in, um, in, in bad batch and probably more so in season two is how the clones were kept around for a little while. And then they slowly started um, doing, uh, you know, conscripted, conscripted soldiers. And that's how they, um, exactly. You know, assembled the Imperial Navy. Um, and then slowly but surely the, all the clones were just phased out. And you can assume that that's what happened to this this clone. He, he, one day he was yeah. just told to pack up his shit and go on. As soon as they and, don't serve a purpose to the Empire, then they just discarded. get discarded. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we see this veteran clone saying, you know, please help me get a meal. And that's it's definitely why- a tragedy to the clones in that sense. Exactly. Like a tragedy of how they were used as weapons and then how they were discarded. Yeah. And seeing Tamara Morrison again, that was pretty cool. Exactly. It's yeah. good always seeing him as a I clone. really hope we see him as Rex and Ahsoka. You'd hope so. I, I mean, because we've seen him in Boba Fett, so he's clearly happy to come back. Yeah. I, I just wonder, because he's played he's played Jango Fett, who's basically the exact same character as Boba Fett. Well, like, to a varying degree, they're very similar. Yeah. But Rex is a very different character to Boba Fett. Like, we, why are we talking about Ahsoka here? We're, like, speculating a bit. But, we're, like, we're, we're talking about Tamara Morrison. Yeah, this is what we do. We get on tangents here, remember? But, like, so, and we know Rex so much as how D. Bradley Baker plays him. I do wonder whether whether Tamara Morrison would be able to to do it. Like as well, the, as Tamara Rex Morrison's we know a very good actor. So yeah, you know, I, I, oh, I think he would uh, he would do it. But I just I, I don't put it past him. In the same way that because I, I I really like how Ahsoka was in was in Mandalorian. I think um, what's uh, Rosario Dawson's doing a good job. Yeah, I don't know if it felt like the same character yet. Like no, I don't think so. But I just know that you know we know that Ahsoka and Rex's stories are so tied together, yeah. and and they're they're such good friends, and they've been there for each other. So I imagine that if we wanted to tell more of Ahsoka's story, someone like Dave Filoni, who's in charge of the show, yeah. would feel that it would be in the show's best interest to have Rex be involved. Yeah, if there's any opportunity for him, and to Rex come would be back, very old by be, that time. It would be Ahsoka. Um, oh yeah, because it's. It's post, post Return of the Jedi, which post Rebels and post Return of the Jedi, so he'd be getting yeah, very old. He would be. Um, yeah, but, that's the thing is that he's 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 he appears older, but technically Ahsoka is older than him. Yeah, uh, which well, is odd because of the age is twice as fast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's that's an odd thing. But anyway, back to Obi Wan. We do probably yes. So a major thing we probably have to dress up. Obviously, there's like scenes with him and and uh, Owen, which is interesting on uh, Tatooine. Yeah. We get I did to love see the him. whole Skyhopper thing. That was yeah, that was that, that was great. Fun little opening scene to that. But the big. Uh, what's the setup? Have the story of what's been happening is we see Leia in this yes. as a ten-year-old. Uh, I remember the the second. Um, I remember the second that we cut to Alderaan on that first episode, and I realized that it was going to involve Leia. I'm like, oh shit! Okay, cool. Now, we did know that they had cast a young. Well, we almost definitely guessed it was a young Leia and a young Luke prior I, to. I this. remember us discussing that report about the yeah. fact that Obi Wan, uh, the Obi Wan series, was um, casting for a, a young. A young boy and young yeah. woman actress. So that that ended up being true. Exactly. But I, it's interesting because I had assumed going into that if we were going to see them, it would definitely be a small cameo from both. Or if we did, presumably more of Luke. But Leia is probably the second biggest character, if not counting Vader as like an antagonist. He's like she's like the second biggest protagonist yeah. in the show. Like she is in it like most episodes for yeah. quite significant time. And again, I really needed to be sold on why Leia needed to be a part of this story. I I I, I and I did. I, I absolutely felt that they did it justice. And the young actress playing Leia, she's Fantastic just job. such an incredible actress. I <laughs> 
If, if, we, if, we, if we've had problems with younger actors coming back, uh, bit, trying to play characters we're familiar with where it just didn't quite work, this did not have that problem at all. I was 100% convinced it was a 10-year-old Leia. 100%. And I feel terrible that I can't remember her name. It's Vivian. Her first name is Vivian something. That's the actress's <laughs> name. better than me. I don't um, know. Yeah, she did an amazing job. I feel like her relationship with Obi-Wan in this show is it's the driving force. If you don't believe in that relationship it, and if you're not sold on it, the, the show doesn't work. Mm. Uh, and... That they 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 played so well off each yeah. other. I and think their relationship that, was oh was yeah. was slowly grown o- grown over time. You know, she's very mistrusting of him at the start when she's like, you yeah, know, exactly. she she tries to to run away from him. And by the end of the show, it's like yeah, she, he's a, a second close. a second father to her, exactly a, a third father, I guess. And, yeah, <laughs> and not not that every scene with her was like perfect, but I definitely agree that some of the strongest parts of the show were her and Obi Wan. I did think like there were some goofy moments, like um. The uh, chase, the chase scene on Alderaan. That was that was a. Just that like, was that was something you I could not get behind oh, in that first such episode. A goofy bit where like she's like running away from them and and she like runs over like a log and the guy's like, oh no, I can't get past oh, this log. I can't get past the log. There's a part where he literally runs in. So, he literally runs into a branch. Oh, so he runs goofy. into a branch. He's like, oh, I can't get through this branch. Yeah. So it's. It, I did notice that, that a was bit. Su- that was really stupid. And the best part about that episode, I'd say, is again going back to Obi Wan's kind of reluctance to be a part of that world at all. Yep. is the fact that he, he he tells them no, essentially. He says, yeah. no, I'm sorry, find someone else. I'm He's, not who... He is very hesitant it's to been, save Leia. It's been 10 years. I'm not who, I'm used, who I used to be, is what he says. So, And then he kind of goes about his day, and it's only until Bail Organa shows up on Tatooine that he agrees to, to do this... He says one last fight, he says, you know. Mm. Which um, is interesting because obviously he's here to protect Luke because he views that Luke will be what will be able to save the galaxy. He says, I can't leave the boy. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he doesn't know... Because he. I think it's pretty you know kind of well established that uh you know both bail and obi-wan think that luke and leia will definitely have a part to play in yep. whatever comes next for the galaxy exactly but obi-wan knows that it's his job to protect luke all mm. right it's Organ it's the organa's responsibility to protect leia yeah that's why he said <laughs> i'm keeping my end you're not keeping yours it, it, exactly that's why he said you know my duty is to the boy i can't leave him you know yeah. and that's what i liked and that's why look, i remember us discussing many months ago about the idea that i didn't want obi-wan to spend a lot of time off of Tatooine right? because of the fact that I felt like that would be detracting from this mission that he is so mm. driven by yep. that I don't think that you could really sell it and kind of work it into the story that has already been established. I don't think you could do that seamlessly um, I, by having him leave. I did right? notice. And obviously he yeah. spends the entire time off of Tatooine. Pretty much. Um, but I I quickly came to terms, of it, terms with it for a, a few main reasons because – in hindsight, he spent 19 years on Tatooine yeah, it's and he's gone for like a week, a week <laughs> yeah. in this episode. So it's fine. I, I honestly don't mind it. Um, uh, you know, he, he was, he was definitely getting feel. He was kind of giving off a feeling, especially in like episode five territory where he was like, he was definitely feeling like he's, he's been away too long. Mm. So, I liked the fact that, yeah, I didn't mind that he was away from Tatooine as long as it felt like there were consequences for that decision. Definitely. Which there were because he knew that what he was doing was risky. And we obviously end up finding out that Reva followed, um, uh, you know, went to Tatooine in the end. Exactly. Which is why, you know, that decision to leave has consequences. And that's what I wanted to see. As long as his choice that I had to be sold on. Yeah. Um, you, you know, made sense for the story and uh, was executed properly as far as the consequences that come with it. Mm. I was, I was more than happy with, with the way the show went with and it. And that, that was something I noticed a little bit about, or not necessarily noticed. It was just something going into it is yep. this is a problem that a lot of prequel things have had with Star Wars. In fact, prequel things in general is yeah. you have characters that you know where they end up and you know what they're doing, especially with this show where we have 
a show right before where it is and a show right where we're after. And we have dialogue between major characters explaining the last things they did and whatnot. Exactly. They had to be very careful and tiptoe around to a certain degree what they did in the show. And some of the time I think perf- worked perfectly fine. Some of the times it felt a little bit like, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the, change. let's talk about the one yeah. thing that I was talking to you about just before we started taping, which is the whole, you know, so Luke and Obi-Wan, mm. uh, sorry, Leia and Obi-Wan, uh, had a very kind of strong bond in this show. Yeah. All right. And initially she only knows him as Ben. Yes. All right. Which I liked because when you, uh, that's when you, something when, I like too. I really is, liked how they started that he, I mean, he would explain himself as Ben and he only ever met, he only ever, um, you know, mentioned he, this him, himself as Ben, you which could is possibly what, explain it as it's like him just trying to disguise himself. But I personally much prefer the explanation of this is who he is now. He's Ben Kenobi. He yep. stays as being Obi-Wan as the Jedi Knight, a hero of the Clone Wars has passed. That's, that's not who he is anymore. So I did like that, but he's so you were Yeah. Saying. So, yeah, he only ever introduces himself to Leia as Ben, which made sense because in episode four, when Leia sends that transmission, General Kenobi, help me, Obi-Wan, Obi- help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're yeah. my only hope. Years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars and that kind of thing. And clearly, so, people don't know that one Kenobi is the same because Luke's like, I wonder if they're meeting old Ben. <laughs> yeah. Definitely um, implying that the but same Essentially, person. what that means is, is that because Leia only knew him as Ben mm. and she gets sent out to find this Obi-Wan person by her father in episode four, um, it's stood to reason that you could make it believable that Leia honestly thinks that those are two different people. All yeah. right. And that, and that made sense because if she thought that they were the same person, that tra- makes sense. Yeah. yeah. If, if she knew that they were the same person, that transmission would have gone, you know, general Kenobi years ago, you served my father when the clone was also, we hung out that one time mm-hmm. uh, where I yeah. almost got, when I got yeah, kidnapped and almost exactly. died. Um, I mean, at this point, basically you're a major, major father, father figure for my uh, childhood and, and really helped me grow emotionally, but you know, exactly. So initially, because that wasn't the case, yeah. I didn't mind it. But in episode four, Reva, refers to Ben as Obi-Wan yeah. right in like in Leia's presence. Yeah. Right. And as you said, their relationship continues to grow and all, and she almost, he, they get so close by the end of the show. And her, her so, iconic, her iconic holster that we, we yeah. that is so crucial to her character was given to him. <laughs> so the fact, the fact that it seems as though Obi-Wan Kenobi, this idea of Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. feels like such a stranger to her in episode four mm. It doesn't really line up for me, unfortunately. No. Um, the only thing that I do like is obviously she knows of Ben and Obi-Wan and Kenobi, that whole thing. She knows that person yep. is 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 who he is. So that explains why when Luke comes into her cell in episode four, I got your R2 unit, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, where is he? You yeah, know? Exactly. So that's that makes sense, all right? Because she knows who that person is and she immediately rushes off because she knows that she's gonna be safe in that man's company. All right. So that part of it. Great, all right. Because if if anything, this show actually emphasizes that little moment. All right, it yeah, makes exactly. it, it makes it, um, it it makes more sense as to why she reacts so emphatically when she realizes that Ben Kenobi has come to save her. Does right? it make a little bit less sense when Luke's really sad that Ben's passed, but she's like, "Oh, I'll comfort you, Luke, because you clearly knew Ben Kenobi well, whereas I didn't as well." That's another. But, that's another thing, but, you know. So it, it's it's the transmission at the start, the fact that she, he, the fact that he almost appears as a as a complete stranger to her, as how as far as how she refers to him and how mm-hmm. she addresses him. And yeah, that part after he dies, when Leia is consoling Luke, yeah. she should be in hysterics. They were very close in the yeah, show. It's, it's hard. I do think with the Obi-Wan Kenobi one caveat, because the way she knows Ben is yep. he is clearly 
old um, and, and like kind of struggling a bit and like on the run and trying to run kind of at, as, as she sees him kind of running from his past. Whereas when she says to him, help me, Obi-Wan, can Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan like she says, years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. She's like, I, you could maybe read it as like, she's trying to be like, we need you again, Obi-Wan. We need like the Jedi that was in the past. And like, that's why Obi-Wan, because it's clear, That's a good point. Yeah. If she and knows- also, She's an is. Imperial Senator by that time. Yeah. So she would have tried to be as- like maybe as formal as possible. Exactly. That's why she mentions things like her father and the Clone mm. Wars. She wouldn't have got. She wouldn't have delved into that one thing that yeah. happened. You know, Plus, like you know, they it, haven't met in nine years. So like, if you knew someone when you true. were ten years old, and then like then now you're nineteen or whatever it is, you're not going to be like, hey, you know, we haven't talked in nine years, but we need to really desperately. You'd be that's like, true. Like you it know, was a while ago that you saved me, but it, we're both, we do need your help right now. Yeah, like, we're both twenty one now. If you ask me to go find someone who yeah. saved my life. At the age of twelve, like you and remember I hung, them, and I hung out with for like a week. But you're not really. You're, I'd remember them, but I wouldn't have like vivid memories of them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's a good point. Yeah, that's so, true. I I do think that, that there is there is this problem of like how everything they do, you like, there's this all these rules around. Does it affect it in a new hope? And I don't think that I. I what I do think is that it didn't necessarily. St- stay to them too strictly that it ruined the show. Yeah. Like if it was just purely like every single thing it does was following those rules where it just was boring. And like to maybe an example I would give is like in clone wars, they've yep. got the idea that Anakin never meets Grievous. And so that's because true. of this, it's, quite goofy how commonly when Grievous is there, how Anakin keeps just missing or not meeting Grievous. There's that episode. His Padawan meets him. Obi-Wan meets him. Everyone keeps running into Grievous and Anakin never meets him. Never once meets him. And I do appreciate the fact that they did that for the sake of canon. It's great. It's also hilarious. It's it's so silly. It's so goofy. Anakin was revered as far as canon goes and as far as in-universe. Like There's a lot of like in-universe explanations that Anakin was talked about on the hollow net daily the yeah. general anakin skywalker he was basically he was, the the, the, the was, most famous he was the pilot. poster boy yeah. of the clone wars exactly, right? he, yeah. he was he was you know if in like in the marvel universe he was captain america in world war ii mm. he was the he was like i need you person you know yeah, exactly. he was the uncle sam all right everyone knew who he was right so the fact that he never met the leader of the separatist army that is again it's stupid and the and And also does actually have a problem with that where there are two instances where it's where it's funniest Mm. okay the episode where they save eth koth all right grievous intrigue in season two they are literally one hallway away from each other they They never and the even better one all right wait for this season four on Mm -hmm. um season four in uh uh, on on Naboo, you mm-hmm. remember when the Gungans take down Grievous? Yes, right. And Anakin gets captured by Dooku, mm. right? And they do that exchange, right? Mm. They literally pass each other, but they're both unconscious. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the excuse. Oh, so they because they have that last scene in that show, yeah. in, in that episode. I mean, where they're doing the prisoner exchange, exchange yeah. right? So they they literally cross each other. They mm. are centimeters away from each other, but they're both unconscious, so they don't see each other. That's my favorite explanation for why they don't meet spe- uh, yeah. until episode three. It's very good. So so there is that problem with that, and similarly also the idea that like with the with the. Uh, the, the, the Count Dooku yep. in Revenge of the Sith, so Revenge of the Sith, how he talks to Anakin, and Anakin's like, "Oh, last time we met, my powers have doubled. They they met like a week ago on Obadiah. <laughs> on Obadiah, yeah. Has he doubled since then? Like, I know. Like there <laughs> they, are these. They issues. met like a week ago. That's my favorite part. And so you are always going to have, especially with how prominent Vader is in the show, you are going to run into those issues with Obi Wan yeah. and Vader. However, That's- I did like it. Never got in the way of the story. They were still able to tell the story of. 
Vader is clearly seeking for Obi-Wan. This is his failure as a Sith. Yep. Obi-Wan doesn't know, think Vader's alive, realizes it's Anakin, I, and, I, is, and is shaken by it. And yeah. the, their interactions with the two or three times they meet is, like, it's important. It, it's what the essence of this show really is. That was my favorite part of episode two specifically, because yeah. we, we talked about episode one. Let's get into episode two. Um you, you know, the my, my favorite part was Obi-Wan's reaction to realizing that Anakin is alive. Yeah. And the and the, the main thing that people thought is, how does Reva know that yeah, Darth I Vader... Yeah, I thought that immediately as well. How does she know that Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker are the same person? Yep. Um, she also, quote-unquote, kills the Grand Inquisitor, <laughs> all right? Um, oh, yeah, thing. as soon as that happened, I was like, ah, Rebels! Yeah, <laughs> I admit, like, uh, so either he's coming back or they've done another Ornfree Tar. Honestly, so. on... Oh God, that's true. You know what I honestly thought was going to happen yeah. is that I thought that they, Kill. I, th- I honestly thought that that wasn't the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, and that, uh, yeah. And that, for a second, I, I'm like, okay, that, there were just two power and great and Grand. No, that's what I was going to say. I thought that that was their excuse the as to why he doesn't look like a power one because yeah. he's not. He's not the he's Grand just Inquisitor. A different from the Rebel, grey bold guy from, Rebel, <laughs> from Rebels. No. Um, but he is. He is the same person. Fact, and uh, because because power ones have two stomachs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Rupert Fiend, I think, said this in an interview at one point: is that he only got stabbed through one of his stomachs. Right. So that's why he survived. Which um, leads into why Rave survived. Yeah, that's that's a whole. She was also stabbed. In the stomach, so maybe like- stabbed in the stomach. You know, the lightsaber. You know, the lightsaber wounds get immediately cauterized. Yeah. So you can assume that it wasn't maybe it, it wasn't a lethal shot. I don't know, but who knows? Look, all this does the fact that the that Grand Inquisitor survived being stabbed in the stomach, and now Raver's being survived in the stomach. They really should have double checked that Qui Gon didn't that Qui Gon survived being stabbed in the stomach before they cremated him in, <laughs> in Phantom Menace because clearly this has shown that they can survive. This, oh so. god, that's true. Yeah, that's I don't true. know. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Guys, guys, please. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm getting better. <laughs> Monty Python. Yeah. Um, oh, God. It's just a flesh wound, exactly. Oh, so it's that a was... A flesh wound. Yeah. That was, uh, fe- no, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. <laughs> Star Wars has always had this problem of, like, where, what is and is not lethal. I mean, the pretty much the biggest example all is, like, when Darth Maul gets cut in half and still makes it alive. So yeah. it's not the most absurd thing we've seen, but, yeah, it's... Uh, that was an interesting bit where, uh, and, yeah. and clearly at the end, I mean, jumping a little bit ahead, but Reva's still alive by the end of it, so. Okay, so let's talk about Reva, because we, we were talking about the fact that we yes. were slightly divided on her as far as our opinions. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't dislike her as much as a lot of other people did. Yeah, that was a, right? a really and be- mm, uncomfortable moment. And, and because of the much. fact that, you know, in the first few episodes, I didn't like her because we didn't know anything about her. Right. But I had faith that the show was going to show us that originally. So I was, so my kind of, initial, you know, passiveness towards her character was kind of lessened by the fact that I knew we were going to get her backstory eventually. Yeah. But the fact that we don't get it until episode five, um, yeah, that, that did weaken her character a bit, uh, a bit for me. Yeah. I, I, it's because if we had gotten a little bit earlier, then I feel like I would have been invested with Reva a lot, like, you know, a long time before that. The problem with that is that explaining Reva's backstory is, it's very important to have done, after a lot of other stuff has already yeah, happened exactly. because of because of what it is all right and it's emotional depth all right so i can understand completely why they had to wait until a little bit later in the show to reveal what she is because it's so tied to anakin and everyone because you're hinting need- it from the start but obviously it wasn't explicit yeah, yeah. um because you need to show some stuff with vader and obi-wan and a young anakin and stuff like that to give context for her backstory yeah all right because you, you can't give her backstory in episode one no because 
all the stuff with Obi-Wan and Anakin hasn't happened yet. And that's why it wouldn't be nearly as impactful, right? You need those Anakin and Obi-Wan flashbacks before you show the Reaver flashbacks. Yeah, the flashback with them, which which was interesting. Yeah. I will, before we get into that, I do say about Reaver, I, I, similar to it said, but I, I feel like I've, she was interesting to me from the, the start of like this antagonist who, yes, is working with the Inquisitors, but is very driven in her own goals. Is like, I very, it lent a lot into this idea of the dark side of like, yeah, yeah. we're all in the dark side together. However, give me an opportunity, I will stab you in the back to take your place. <laughs> like, yeah. that was like really interesting. But then I loved the like the double t- the twist. Like, yes, she is clearly driven by hate, anger, revenge, yep. but it's not purely out of like wanting to gain like power. It's about. No. It's about revenge. Like we learn this idea that she was a youngling, one of the younglings that survived and that she's been doing this just to get close to Vader. And I don't know, it I, I really thought it was she was actually really interesting of a character and was yeah, it once they give her her backstory, yeah. she was great. I and, thought and she was definitely great. in in how Obi Wan Especially in episode five kind of used her. Like wait, wait when he leaves I think he kind of un- he kind of you unintentionally reckon? used nah, her. Nah, dude. He he totally was like, oh, the plan was I'm going to use, we're, we're going to defeat Vader together, right? Yeah, definitely. And then just sneaks off and hops in the like, plane, hoping that, they'll, that she'll slow her down or um, something. I dude, I was so convinced. I'm like, is he not, is he just going to, is he not going to show up and help her fight Vader? Like, he's just going to leave. I'll also say that I thought Moses Ingram, who played yeah, Reaver, fantastic, was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. I think that because, well, uh, we saw, uh, I'm not, have you seen The Queen's Gambit? I have. Yeah, uh, she's fantastic in Very that show. That. So the fact that she was going to appear in this was uh, always exciting exciting to me yeah. and uh, casting she, across the board was excellent she was both new characters and returning I thought she was fantastic in this show especially the part where she's explaining her backstory when yeah. she's talking about the fact that you know she thought that Anakin was there to, to help her and mm. then he just gutted her friends and then when she's talking you know across that door to Obi-Wan about the fact that she had to hide yeah. amongst her friends bodies and watch them and feel them go cold before she could yeah. uh, run or, or do whatever um, <sighs> that was not only not only brutal, yeah, yes, a brutal, the- brutal backstory, but it also makes her an incredibly tragic character. Yeah, because I honestly thought that. Look, I thought that she was dying when he got when she got stabbed. Yeah, right. So I thought that that oh my god, it's such a tragic yeah, character exactly. that she came all, that she came all this way to try and avenge her friends and avenge what happened to her, um, and and only to, com- to yeah, fail miserably face, exactly. and to die just how they did. Uh, obviously, she, she didn't die. Um, I, I honestly yeah, feel I like, like it probably would have been more interesting if they did do it. I feel there, like it would have served the story a bit better yeah. if Reva had died. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, it, I feel like, yeah, they, they definitely want to have room to tell new stories with new characters. And so there weren't many deaths in the oh show. Oh boy, Reva, a Star Wars story? Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> is. And look, maybe we'll see her again. Maybe we won't, but you know, it, I definitely think she was one of the better additions to the show, and mostly in a, in a show where I was mostly hoping for things we had not already seen, but continuations of things we were familiar with. I did like her a new addition to the show. So yep. Uh, so uh, we talked about a returning character. Let's get into to Vader. Let's yeah. get into Vader. Let's get into Hayden Christensen. I he could not have been done better it's, in this show. This is something. I again we we can fault the show in certain spots, and we'll get into yeah. that shortly. But. They could not have executed Vader better. He is menacing. He sounds amazing. Mm. Because uh, oh yeah, it hundred percent. Like because yeah, Rogue One where they got James L. Jones back, he's he's like ninety something. He sounds like a he he sounds like an eighty five year old Vader. Very very old. And it it just it's it's hard because you he's he's the iconic voice, but he just can't do it anymore. And they you you were saying they used a voice. 
What was it called? Yeah, so uh, essentially they use the same AI program and software that they use yeah. to bring young Mark Hamill's voice back for, for Mando and Book of Boba Fett. Which I uh, did re, not re, like in those. It just re- didn't Respeacher, re- it's called. Where, I, where essentially you can take yeah. uh, hours, hours yeah, exactly. of someone speaking and uh, it can essentially be synthesized into any sentence you need yeah. really as because you have the AI technology is crazy. It, it is. It's crazy. Um, and the reason I don't think it worked as much for Mark Hamill is because that's just a, just a, Va- Vader's, just a Vader's, voice. Vader's voice is already modulated. It is. It, his, right? his works a lot better. Like, cause it's deeper. It works with the modulating sound cause it is modulated. It's, yeah. it's been turned up to the cool factor. To exactly. 11, so, but because episode, uh, because episode, uh, sorry, because Mark Hamill is just a dude just and he has a normal yeah. voice like we do, yeah. um, you know, the human ear. Will, yeah, we're, we're very receptive. The to human it, exactly. ear will always pick up inconsistencies. Yeah. That that's that's. It's like the deep faking of Luke. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good it will get, and it's getting real good. It doesn't matter how we good it will get. Us, yeah. And the book of Boba Fett, it was great. I yeah. thought uh, we will always know that it's not real. Yeah. Exactly. Because because no one knows a human face better than a human. Exactly. All right. So we will know. That it's not. I mean, obviously, we know because we know that Mark Hamill's not that age anymore. But yeah, that does play a factor. Even yeah. if even if there's a, a two differences, one like they're both exact same quality. If you know something's fake, it means you will notice the things that are obviously fake more than if yeah. you you don't know if it's fake or not. When then you're just trying to work it out. But I honestly believe that he showed me a deep fake version of just some random person. Yeah, right. We'd still we'd still be able to tell because there's something up with this guy's face to an extent. So there there are artifacts to it, but like it also depends on how good you go and how much work is put into it. Because yeah. It's like it's, uh, technology is very. Well, it's also impressive. like ta- it's also like Tarkin, you know. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I how you do it is very. I important. stand by the fact that Tarkin doesn't look that bad in Rogue One. I think so, and yeah. as, and as we've talked about in this past, especially when they just showed the reflection of him. Like, if you use creative filmmaking to get around the weaknesses of AI, it can be flawed. I thought that I thought that's all they were going to do yeah. because that's the very first thing you get of him, the thing in the reflection. I thought this is brilliant, and, yeah. then, he turned, and then he turned around. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, okay. um, but I imagine that they used a similar program to bring uh peter cushing's voice back and i remember the I don't think they did i thought it was just the the actor who did it i thought he just used his voice is it really yeah i'm pretty sure they didn't have that at the time um because peter cushing wasn't an ai that was like a full 3d recreation of his face it was yeah. put onto the actor i can't remember his name he's in harry potter i think but yeah. uh i'm pretty sure he also did the voice for peter cushing yeah or not peter cushing for tarkin in, in rogue one but yeah they've been well, like they, continuing this idea of bringing back old characters with new actors, no, sorry, with old new, with the old actors digitally and whatnot, and yeah, normally mixed on it. Vader's voice, what perfect, amazing, it was perfect. And like I got to say, and, and we're going to get into you know some more Hayden stuff as well. Mm. Um, the flashback, yeah. right, with you know them in a the Anakin one with them dueling, Anakin Padawan era, yes. right. I'm really glad that they didn't like airbrush Hayden's face or de-age him with yeah. Look, I know. Look, Anakin, Hayden Christensen's like in his is it in his forties, like I think, yeah, probably. And he in that scene, he's supposed to be maybe eighteen. Yeah, you know. Obviously, he doesn't look eighteen, See, but I feel like it would have been worse if they de-aged him oh, because dramatic. because yeah, because, because like I said, we would have noticed and yeah. it would have felt unnatural to us, and it didn't bother me in the slightest. I think it makes more sense because, like, obviously, it could have just been if they did have a perfect Hayden Christensen at that age to do it, then they could have been just been a flashback. But yep. the fact that it was him as Hayden Christensen is now, yep. I felt it led more into leave of this is a flashback 
from Vader's mind of how Vader sees him. His like that was his age. Is how he is then. Obviously, it's a different that's thing. A, but that's he also a good point. he hasn't yeah. fully destroyed. There, there's always been hints of how he hasn't fully destroyed Anakin from him as a there. I mean, obviously he hasn't because Luke turns him at the end. But yeah. like he clearly his weakness that he sees himself is his past, and so yep. him seeing these flashbacks of Obi Wan. A major motif of the show is Obi Wan is his past. He needs to destroy his past, his failures, and and I think seeing him as this age and Obi Wan there in this flashback literally lent to this idea of this is this is Anakin's past. This is who he was and who he is now, and yeah. that's a, that's a difficulty for him. And I, I think it worked. That's a very good point. And let's like backtrack slightly back to Episode Three. Let's talk about their first fight. Yeah, I think their first fight was very very well done. And the fact Vader throughout is brutal. This that, is especially Episode Three we, when he snaps yeah. that kid's neck. Oh my oh, god! Like we've seen him be quite brutal in the 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 famous Rogue One scene, but this yeah. is like a whole show of Vader going and like doing. Just lightsabers he's just in that street because he, he's trying to taunt. He's he's taunting Obi Wan. He's trying to lure him out. Yeah. So he's just dragging fools. He snaps the kid's neck, like I said. Yeah. And then obviously we get into that fight, and there's that His amazing use is probably the most intimidating throughout this. Yeah. Like, we'll like obviously as we get to this, the part with the fire where he drags Obi Wan. Oh my god, and then that was so cool, but so brutal. The final fight in season in episode six, which we will get to, yep. brutal uses of the force. So it was amazing. Um, yeah. So in, anyway, staying in episode three, that yep. lo- that first part where. Uh, I mean, yes, the episode six fight, amazing. But the episode three fight might be one of my favorite moments from the show because yeah. from a, for, for a very few, re- uh, for a couple of reasons is, first of all, it's amazingly shot. There's that um, there's that first shot where we cut back to Ob- uh, cut away to Obi Wan. He's kind of making his escape and he's kind of running along that kind of um, you know dirt path. And then you just see that red saber ignite and the music starts up and you can see the 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 fear in Obi Wan's. Yeah, eyes, and that's it, it's a testament to how good Ewan is as a, as an actor and as mm. and as this character. Um, it's so well done, and then he ignites his blue lightsaber, and we have that moment where he says, "What yeah. have you become?" And he says, exactly. "I am what you made me." Yeah, was, exactly. There were lots of little callbacks. Such and, a good yeah. line. I'd never felt more like it's kind of hard to explain, but I, I'd never really made the connection between Hayden and Vader. Before. Yeah, there has always they, been a disconnect. There's always that. been a disconnection. This was such a beautiful amalgamation of the of the prequels Anakin we mm. knew and the Vader we knew in the original trilogy. It, yeah. it, it really made them. It really made you believe that they're the same person. Obviously, they've always been the same person, but it's kind of been a harder sell from a story standpoint and a and a screenwriting standpoint. But it, it's never been clearer than this. It's never been more seamless than this, and it was so well done in this it's show. Like, it's also kind of weird to think Vader's in like his late twenties, thirties, so whatever. Yeah, well, he's he's twenty. No, he's he's, he's let's see, because he's, he's twenty at the time of. Attack of the Clones. So it'd be like 30, 20. So he's right? 23. He's 33, 33 in this yeah. show. Which is funny. Yeah, he's 33 and then he dies at like in his early 40s. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is which is odd. It's but, very odd, yeah. But, that's the, but the reason that he's so kind of, um, he's not nearly as agile in 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 the you know the original trilogy is because the mechanical implants that he has has literally taken a toll on what yeah. natural body he has left and yeah. those parts are growing old and that kind of thing and that's why he's not nearly as skilled as we see him be in this show. That and also right? the films were older, but <laughs> I know that's true. that's the canon explanation. <laughs> I love all those little things of like uh, there was a lot of people explaining like obviously we had similar conundrums of like why doesn't Leia say hey help me everyone Kenobi remember that time you rescued me and then everyone was just copying things because the film 
film was made first. It's just, it's just <laughs> like, what do you mean, you idiot? Like, it's the film was made first. Like, no, we're talking about the canon. No, I'm a, something that takes place before that film had to be made before it, right? Right. There yeah. aren't such things as prequels. There's there's only continuous <laughs> storytelling in this world. You're not allowed to make things that were made before other things. Exactly. It's, it's always funny doing the good yeah. things, but yeah. Um, and the other, obviously, the the thing that you'll never really find an explanation for is why are they so, you know, it's so choreographed and so skilled. And then they're like two old guys filling with walking sticks in episode four, only a master of evil Darth. (laughs) Especially after this episode where, cause he's like kind of like struggling as a Jedi, he's a bit older and then he gets like his big boost by the end of it, which is great. But then, Nine years pass and boom, he's old man again. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. It's weird is because, first of all, I did definitely like how um, they really made it clear that Obi-Wan is not the Obi-Wan we knew in episode three, in, yeah. in Revenge of the Sith, because the episode three Obi-Wan gets his <laughs> ass kicked. Oh, I was like, they're, gonna, they're just going to kill Obi-Wan now. Like, yeah. Even though and, we know and, he and doesn't. It, and it made complete sense. This guy's been living in the desert for 10 years. He's had to cut himself off from the yeah. force in the same way that Luke did in The Last Jedi because he needs to protect himself. Yeah. And right. meanwhile, Vader's like in his prime like hunting jedi like fully embracing his dark side his anger like dude exactly dude is like basically running half the galaxy like or running most of it with it like behind uh What's Palpatine? So like, yeah, because I found it was a big difference in a level of power. Because I found an amazing explanation for why he is the way he is in this episode. Yeah. Because obviously there is a certain you know um, part of having to uh, being able to use the Force, especially at Darth Vader's level, is you know you know you can they can sense their feelings, they can kind of sense their thoughts in a way they can't like like literally read their minds, but they can no. get a me- like, you know, very thorough impressions of the state they're in. All right. So not only in that fight, does Obi-Wan have to cut himself off from the force? Not only does he have to bury his thoughts about Luke and Leia yeah. deep, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Cause he cannot have Darth Vader get even the slightest inkling that his children survive. I mean, that's what Vader does to, Luke in Return of the Jedi. Like exactly. he thinks for a second about his sister and Vader's like, Oh, he's got a sister. sister. And he, yeah, if he lets that happen, not only does he lose the fight with Vader here, yeah. he loses the fight for the galaxy. If Luke does, gets caught by Vader. If Vader finds out that he has, that he, that his children survived. Exactly. Uh, Cause he assumed that they were still born with Padme. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that's it. Mm. So in that fight, Obi-Wan is having to cut himself off from the force. He's having to bury his thoughts about Luke and Leia as deep as possible. Yep. And that in turn is affecting his lightsaber skills mm. and his just, ability to repel to repel Vader because one of the greatest things I can't remember who said it I believe it was one of the filmmakers it might have been George Lucas I don't know but um, something that was very well advocated in this show is that you don't try to win against Vader you just try to survive yeah right which is something he's an unstoppable force exactly Um, which is something that I always liked about the idea of Darth Vader is that he's just this unstoppable he's the the greatest villain in all of film history except for episode 6 where he gets kind of except for episode 6 we'll we'll get to that Um, yeah so and and if you count Darth Vader as being him in Revenge of the Sith he also just kind of get cut in four different pieces that's true Um, well that's because of the thing and We'll, we'll get into some some reasons behind that. They kind of unstoppable force has been of- stopped twice. Well, I actually Luke defeats him as well, so there's three times. Well, Sorry, we just did both, <laughs> both by Obi Wan, which is a, which is yeah. for a good reason that yeah. they explore in Episode Six, which we'll get to shortly. Yeah. But anyway, this kind of leads into Episode Four. Yeah, Episode Four of the show. Let's talk about the things that I didn't like. And most of the things that I didn't like are in this episode because yeah, this it's ep- the weak part. It's yeah. it's definitely the worst episode of the show. There's not a whole lot that I 
enjoyed in it. There are certain there are certain saving graces. Mm. There's that it's really the first time where we get to see Obi Wan use his lightsaber in a properly choreographed, well structured way when he's fighting off those stormtroopers in the hallway. Yeah. Um, but a couple of reasons that I didn't really like the the, the thing is because. At the end of episode three, he's burnt, right? He has those massive burns. Yeah, and, he's, you know, he's, he's singed and, you know, Tala gets in the way. We'll, we'll touch on Tala the, a, yeah, in a little I, bit. There is this new like, character's new idea of the idea of helping Jedi escape. And we haven't even talked about Kamal Nanjiani yet. But, uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get but, into we'll get But into that's all, not the priority. Exactly. Yeah. We'll get into all that. So I was thinking, based on the fact that he was really injured, he got his ass kicked, he was going to have some time in, uh, in like, a back to tank, whatever. Mm. And that was going to. And <laughs> I'm and, glad they didn't do Book of Boba Fett where it was. Just like in the back to take the well, whole show. I thought that we were going to get something kind of Book of Boba Fett ish, and I was hoping we would because I thought what was going to happen is that Obi Wan would have to have some time in the back to tank to really reel from his from his yeah, maybe. brutal loss, and we and that would be a time where we get some flashbacks. All right, maybe to Clone Wars, maybe to what we ended up getting, and mm-hmm. we'll touch on that soon. Um, but. He spends like five minutes in the back to tank at the start of the episode, and then we move on to something completely different. And I really pacing. didn't, en- and I really didn't enjoy that because yeah, the pacing was a little bit. Episodes off one, two, and three are very kind of they take their the- time to exp- like to show where we are, how the characters get in there, and yeah. then the adventure. And then episodes kind of- two and three yeah. are very ma- like there's a lot of there's a lot going on. Yeah, action. They're, ver- they're very fast paced. They're very action driven. So I was kind of looking forward to the idea of possibly getting an episode four where Obi Wan's really he needs to. Have have some time for self-reflection yeah. and have this moment where he needs to... Especially after his confrontation with Vader. Yeah. I thought that this was going to be going to be the episode we were, where we were going to have him kind of reconnect to the Force and reconnect to the, epi- to the Revenge of the Sith era Obi-Wan and kind of kind of revitalize himself as far as his need to do what needs to be done. Yeah. All right. And then that would lead us into where we find ourselves in episode five and six, and that would appear very seamless. Um, that's not what we got. Not as we such. got We got a pretty kind of... Boring rescue mission it was, thing. It did feel. I, I feel like we've got to mention a little bit, like this idea it of felt like episode. It felt like episode two again. Yeah, we did the whole rescue layer thing. We don't need to do that. And there were again some goofy moments. That part where he <laughs> sneaks out in a trench coat with this massive child yeah, underneath look, it. I mean, how did no one notice? Him? Star Wars has never been a bastion of like logical situations and things. They walk right past two but inquisitors. It is. Uh, yeah, it it just felt kind of. It felt like a Home Alone movie. A lot of the a lot of the appeal from the show was kind of how seriously it took these characters. Yeah, and when you have kind of these goofy moments, it does kind of take away from the seriousness of it. Like in terms of, I mean, obviously you're gonna have a real fear of like a, a problem of ne- like the, none of these characters except for like new characters are gonna be able to die in any way. But yeah. they had to create stakes in some way, and feel like when these goofy moments show up. They kind of do take away from some of the stakes of the bigger moments. They do, like, like sure. obviously there are moments where Anakin is like in a big fight, or Obi Wan barely survives. But if they're just going in the next scene, just like running around and like beating up a couple of stormtroopers, I don't know, it kind of takes away from it. But you know, there were definitely some all right moments in the show that I like in that episode that I did quite like. Like as um the the original character, what's her name? Um, Tala. Tala. I thought she was interesting. Like we didn't I see too her. much of her, but I mean, she was interesting in what we saw on the show. Yeah, and- I, I think that a lot of the new characters. I don't know. I'm kind of hit and miss with them. I yeah. don't know. Like I, I liked Tala. I did. Uh, I liked Tala and the way, and the I way that she. I about new characters. What did you think of Camille Nanjiani's character, the fake Jedi? I liked him because he was kind of the 
you know, he doesn't have a lot to do, but yeah. he's the kind of he's the comic relief. He and was. I like that, and which I do, I, which I like because see, that's Kumail, a good amount of goofy. Because it's Kumail, goofy in terms of characters, not goofy in terms of plot. Yeah, and I like that because Kamal Nanjani is a very funny guy. He is um, funny. And uh, I thought his character was 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 good, and he was kind of he wasn't just kind of like this one dimensional. All I want is money. No, he had, a, gro- he had in a, that, a bit of growth in that episode too. He is doing the right thing. Yeah, he's getting these people out. He just wants to take their money. Yeah, all right. So I liked the fact that he wasn't all all good or all bad. He was kind of like the he was kind of like um what do you call it chaotic good yeah. you know um which is <laughs> exactly yeah, this idea of neutral good or chaotic good he's the latter you he's know? He, he's doing the right thing in his own selfish way exactly so that's so that's what I liked and he's not a massive part of the show so however you feel about him you can't really judge the show on it yeah um but then you have someone like Tala right I really liked the fact that they made her essentially someone who did in enlist in the Imperial Academy or the Imperial Navy or what have you um and then she. Uh, you know, was on a mission at one point. I don't remember the specifics or if they mentioned a planet or whatever, but they said that they were going to do a job and it ended up being uh, the essentially the execution of uh, several Force-sensitive families, yeah. right? And and by the time she realized what it was, there, w- there was no way to stop it oh, and she thing. had to witness these brutal killings and that's when she turned co- that, that, and that's yeah. when she turned coat to the empire and ended up joining this kind of the path thing i do i do love seeing ideas of early rebel alliance and you, again you do run of kind, of kind of into a problem where you can't have a major force or a major rebel alliance like push for anything but you these idea of rebel cells and bit and like small groups that are each fighting in their own way against yeah. the empire that's the thing i mean like kind of adds a hope to the idea when the she said when she started talking about the path the very first time in episode three i really thought they were setting up the whole rebellion idea yeah which i wasn't which cra- i don't think which i really was in this no it wasn't no. i wasn't crazy about the idea that that was where it was going because the rebellion's not supposed to exist yet all right it, yeah. the, you know the re- i mean very degrees of it probably the earliest example of the, the rebellion in some form would be the free ryloff movement with like what's his name uh uh, the Dula, and then like other early examples on with like rebels and stuff. Yeah, but really doesn't think- start becoming an organization yeah. until about four. But or we've five seen years it, before. is what I'm saying. So yeah, I, didn't, exactly. so I, I didn't, I didn't want to see more of it. It's been explored. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, and it's we still have being gotten ex- a lot, and it's still being explored. We're going to see it more in Bad Batch season two. We're going to yeah. see it in, in Andor. You know, yeah. um, God, there's so much to talk about. Uh, there's there's know, a lot when, of Star Wars when we have a chance. Um, trailers and all the and all those sorts of things. Definitely. Um, but no, this wasn't anything to do with the rebels. This is very kind of Jedi driven. All right, yeah. it's essentially kind of. Uh, an underground railroad of people mm. who who believe in what the Jedi stood for yeah. that are trying to um who, who are trying to do right by them and an Easter egg that we were kind of led into yeah. by in this particular scene Quinlan Voss yes that was a fun that was awesome I yeah. love Quinlan Voss and we know that Obi Wan and Quinlan Voss know each other because they hunt down Zero the Hut together in season three <laughs> that, there, part, there were... that part on Nal Hutter where Cad Bane tries to kill them both yeah no, um, I, I definitely did like that mention in fact it got quite actual quite prominence in like Obi Wan himself was like Quinlan Voss but there were I'd, I'd love to see uh, like because Quinlan Voss is one of my favorite background good, Star Wars good. characters. If we got like a a a Quinlan Voss show that was driven around this, because she said, "Yeah, he helps now and again." Yeah, you know, if which if, he's clearly about. Uh, if you saw a, if you saw a Quinlan Voss show that was very driven around um, this idea of guiding uh, you know younglings or, or young Force sensitive children to safety, mm. I watch the shit out of that. I do um, think that if any Jedi is clearly going to be still around, still surviving, and still making a difference despite how dangerous it is, Quinlan Voss is definitely one of the more likely options, I feel like. Yeah. Because he well, was never really uh, one to follow the rules, be it as a Jedi, and then in the Repu- in the days of the Empire, I very much doubt he's just going to sit back and let it happen. Like, he's going to be trying to do things to the last moment of his breath, I feel like. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, Quinlan Voss, as far as his Force sensitive I'm not sure. I know that there's an. I know that there is a word 
or like a, a, a definition for his force uh, abilities. He's kind of like... Oh, his, his force um, his seeking. Ar- his yeah. Aragorn powers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, the he, ranger, yeah. He, he can, you know, actually, he can... Um, he, he can, I believe they're referred to as force echoes. Something like that. Yeah, he yeah. can touch something and he can feel its history. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so you know, the fact that he has those powers definitely explains why he could survive something like Order 66. He would have seen it coming. He would have been a dangerous Inquisitor too if they had have turned him. Absolutely. That's very true. Um, oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. That's, a, that's, such, yeah. that's an amazing thought. That'd be an interesting... Again, we always love this idea of Star Wars what-if stories. Like, that'd be so much fun. Dude, a Star Wars what-if story, if he turned Inquisitor, like, that'd be such a weird... Like, Jedi would be screwed. Story, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, let's get back into episode four. Yes. So, um, yeah, there were... I'm not saying that there were parts of it that I didn't like. As again, Obi Wan part, the Obi Wan parts were cool, like in the hallway yep. and that kind of thing. Um, now, another thing that I found kind of really odd yeah. was the part where they 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 meet up with these new people mm. and um uh, and I'm blanking on the name of the kind of leader oh, of this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. path group, uh, um, Ice Cube Sal. Um, no. It. Uh, yeah, I remember. I wish I had my phone. We'll here never know. Yeah. Um, uh, Riken or I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Roken or something. Yeah. Roken, that's that the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, their whole group, and then those two people who come in on the T forty seven airspeeders. Yeah. Right? There's that moment going, where. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, exactly. Cool. There's that moment where Reva shoots one of them down. All right. He shoot, yeah. She shoots down. She, well, she throws a crate. At she it. shoots down Wade in classic. Right. Who the hell is Wade? And <laughs> and and the and the weirdest part was is that you know they get back to the ship and they go, "Where's Wade?" And they go. He didn't make it. He didn't make it. And then there's like this really emotional moment where that girl sits down and kind of like reminisces maybe on the times that her and Wade spent together. We have no idea who these people are. No, 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 no. See, they're going to release a comic book or a book about that, which we'll learn in the past. You can just, it'll be, it'll explain. What I'm curious about is that there's this like emotional moment that's supposed to resonate with us that they devote time to. They, they give her like a reaction shot when his ship gets blown up. They give her like, you know, a good, you know, 20 seconds of time once they get back to that ship where she's like mourning. But we, we don't, we don't know who these people are. Exactly. Right? So, so you're just wasting time. Cause yeah. yeah the, the, and I definitely think they did kind of again when they kill, um, what's her name in episode five? Tala. Tala. That one felt made bad. more sense. Cause we've actually seen her in the show. Exactly. You so, know, that, that, that death, you felt like it had a lot of weight, yeah. especially when, and another one of my, you do you have know, to be careful about like deaths in storytelling are like, there's so much, you have to be very careful around them in terms of they can feel completely pointless or they can feel yeah. like they're just not happening at all, and the stakes are removed. So, and that's and and Wade felt has like both, both problems. Wade yeah. felt like both of those exactly. Yeah, in terms of one, why did no one that we knew about die? And two, why are they focusing so much on the death of someone we know no one about? Like, yeah, he had yeah. like one line exactly. back at the base. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, but Tala's definitely had a little bit more depth. This may the force be with you. Idea, you yeah, know, exactly. The fact that she was kind of, Although, you know, they they set it up to essentially be like she has felt this yeah. guilt yeah. for the deaths that. She she feel like oh, exactly. that, that, that she couldn't stop to the point where she feels like giving her life is kind of her repenting for the sins yeah. that she feels like she has uh, been, uh, you know, have been brought on upon herself. I did also like uh, Ned so B, I, the droid. I do. I um, before you go on that, yeah. one, I, again, emotionally, I think it was great. However, she kills herself during the explosive and knocks out all the guys and, like, stops them from escaping to them. But... Clearly, it didn't do anything because Obi Wan can still open the door when he goes out towards there. Like, what's the point of like her, her doing this exploding thing if it doesn't <laughs> destroy the way? Like, if the door still works, the stormtroopers, yes, it clears them. There's still clearly hundreds of them there. They just open yeah. the door and hold it. Like, I don't know. It it did feel like 
very strange her for death, her to have massive her, sacrifice only for Obi-Wan to be like, all right, cool, I'm going out there anyway. And her death was door. purely so that they could get, like, they, they, they could gain a little bit of ground. Yeah. Her death wasn't to win the whole thing. No. It was just so that they could they could buy themselves a little bit more time. It's just, so yeah. that does kind of undercut her death a little bit, but I still felt, like the way it was done. I, I agree. Also, this is again, felt very this, strange, is again yeah. this is again a nitpick. May the force be with you. She, she ignites that thermal detonator. I thought she would like throw it back or something. No, she kind of just holds it there yeah. and expects that the blast radius will take them all out. I mean, it was pretty powerful, the blast, but I feel like, yeah, it is. I had the assumption was it clearly takes out the stormtroopers, but more importantly, it like caved the building down or closed the doors or something to stop the stormtroopers from getting to them. But yeah, that didn't happen. So nope. I don't know. It, it did feel like a bit of a fruitless death. I don't know. Kind of like, uh, oh, what's that example? Uh, I can't remember, but like an example of like someone trying to like sacrifice themselves for it only to be like, didn't do anything. I feel like there was a Star Wars example for that. Can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, so that kind of leads us. Uh, and again, let's let's lead into episode five. Yeah. Um, and now, up until the point, oh, one thing we did forget to miss. Yes. Probably the uh, most earth-shattering moment of the entire. Oh my god. Show. My boy, Terrence Hanube. On the day, on the day of the, on the day of you giving me the gift, literally the week that oh, the I gave week you of. that, the week of <sighs> his death is confirmed. I never had a lot of hope that an old guy like no. him got out of Order sixty six, but I at least. No, the the ambiguity of it gave me hope. It you know, confirmed it confirmed what was highly suspected, and I I always thought maybe he he was doing what he did when he worked when he was at the Jedi Temple. Maybe he was helping younglings, yeah, protecting, what, yeah. protecting them, you, whatever. You would assume something like that. No, and he's very dead. But at yeah. least the the good thing is the 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 thing that I liked is the fact that that room is huge, mm, yeah. right? So they've clearly been. Lo- they've clearly been filling it for a long time. Yeah. And based on the fact that he's the first one that Obi Wan finds, he's only been added recently. So or you can, they were so adding him from the start and kept going further and further. Either way, he's so at the you front can as, you like, can assume that maybe he survived for like eight or nine years. Maybe I'd like that's to, how I like to think. Of I, it. I like to hope that he he did as his job was like training. When we last saw him, he was training younglings. Yeah, hopefully he he did try and help some of his others. Like if there was going to be any Jedi who wasn't going to just hide away for like the next twenty years or whatever and whatnot, it would be Terrace Newby. He would be out there trying to help younglings escape and and do what he can to do. So yeah, as much as the confirmation of his uh, of his passing is is very tragic as my favorite Jedi, it was a uh, it was it was interesting to see him again. In fact. Yeah. Seeing him in in live action, however form that is, yeah, it was interesting. I did, li- and and I did like the fact that uh, they essentially. Um, I didn't recognize a single other Jedi though that they showed. No, I I will tell you something that I saw kind of online after that episode aired, which cut yeah. me to my core. Yeah, is um I saw this thing that was like Obi Wan must have been just praying beyond hope oh, yeah. that he didn't find Ahsoka. Yeah. Right. That would have been, that would have been, cause uh, you know, there's, there's, I mean, su- presumably there's such, he should have, should have still known. And there's such horror in, of- there's such horror yeah. in his eyes. And I like to think that's because he was so terrified that he would find Ahsoka yeah. because he doesn't know what happened to her. Yeah. He doesn't know what happened to her. I, like, as I was saying, obviously he probably did recognize and know personally a lot of the Jedi in there, but definitely Ahsoka and Anakin were the ones he worked with. Yeah. Well, they don't show us so. a lot of recognizable Jedi, do they? No, yeah. as I didn't. We only really, we only, we only see Terrace Sanube and a Jedi youngling. Yeah. The rest of them didn't even look like Jedi. They kind of looked like just people. They were different. I mean, they could have just been force sensitive people because they've been shown that they haven't got anyone force sensitive. But yeah, and obviously a lot of the major Jedi that we know have been shown how they die, be it like in the Order 66 montage, be it like after the fact, them dying, being dying in Clone Wars, be yep. it, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, 
one who dies all over and over again. Damn it, the joke. Shark T. Damn it, I was going to do a Shark T joke about being sewn <laughs> Shark T dying seven times, like whatever it is. Um, so, like, they weren't exactly, it wasn't going to be a big reveal if they'd be like, oh, look, it's Ayla Secura. Like, we already know she's dead. But yeah. I think definitely, certainly for us big Star Wars fans, having Terrace Nube being up there was certainly the biggest, like, shocking thing they probably I, should have done. The, the, ga- oh. I, the, the gasp literally made the people who are like my, my family think yeah. that something was terribly wrong. It I'm like, no, it's me. fine. One of my favorite characters is dead. <laughs> shooketh me to my core. It did. Okay. Shooketh me to my core. You texted me that. Yeah. When, when I said to you, cause I watched episode four before you did. Yeah, I, I said, there's something in this, there's something in this episode that is right for us. Wow. Specifically put in there just to, just to screw it. Exactly. Up. And then about a few hours later, you texted me, Terra's the new bay. No. <laughs> yeah, I, so. and you said that's what you said. I'm shooketh to my core. Which is what you why said. episode four is the worst episode, specifically for that reason. And exactly, it is the worst episode. But if we want to think of it more like yeah, for a biased reason, yes, because yeah, they confirmed Terrace Nubay's death. Okay, uh, but let's get into something that's much so better. Which is mixed, episode. Yeah, mixed opinions. For the, uh, a good start had a bit of a detriment, but episode five and episode six, my favorite part of the show. Episode I, five and six is some of the best Star Wars I've seen in 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 years. Exactly, so well done. Let's talk about it. Um, well, first of all, Obi Wan and Reva—they're meeting at the door. Yeah. All right. I loved the idea that Reva was never on the on their side. She was yeah. only, you know, kind of, um, you know, on their side so that she could get close to Vader and mm. build a relationship with him, only to eventually kill him. Yeah. I thought that was great. And the idea that they set that up—I uh, oh, just get it. One yeah. very silly thought that I had during Episode five is when she said. You know, where were you when he was killing my friends? I was riding a giant space lizard uh, chasing after a spider droid thing on a unicycle. Exactly. Prequels. He was very busy. He was very, he was busy. He was very busy. He was riding. Yeah, I, I don't remember what they're called, but it was a big where space was lizard. Gondor when Order sixty six. Where was Gondor? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's my. Uh, that was literally all I could think of. Which said, "Where were you when he was killing my friends?" And mm. I was thinking about him chasing after Grievous on his. Fucking lizard. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's a pretty obvious thing. Like, she blames, obviously, Anakin, but blames everyone because he was his panicin. His panicin. Well, panicin. That was what? Paduan. Anakin was a Paduan. Yeah. So she blames him, presumably, yeah. for him turning. Like, does she even, I think she even mentions it, right? She even says he yeah. was your, he was your, he was your Paduan. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, and that's, and that's completely founded. Yeah. Because, and it was that, everyone's fault. It, well, well, I mean, and that's something that I do, that I like. Kind of. That's something that I like about what I think was the best part of episode five, which was the flashbacks. Yeah. And not only do I love the flashbacks because it's awesome and we get to see Ewan and Hayden together again yeah. fighting in prequels era Star Wars. Exactly. But every single because they because they break it up. Mm. All right, that that flashback. Also, it was it was his like he was still a Padawan. He had his little his little rat tail. Yeah. So started. that that flashback is kind of uh, split up and separated all throughout the episode. Mm. And as the different stages of that fight, yes, kind of um, reflect act, act as footnotes for what's going on. In I, present day, I do love and that. My, when and, they, my, and my favorite yeah. instance of that was was um, a part where um, essentially what happened was Obi Wan gets kind of disarmed, or Anakin gets the upper hand in the fight, or that kind of thing. Yeah. So he says, "Your your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you." Yeah. Right. And then we cut to Vader storming into the little facility that they're hiding in, yeah. and he does that amazing force pull of the ship, which yeah. is one of the best Vader moments we've ever seen. The fact Just that he was- Brutal uses no, of the force. No, no effort. It was easy for him, yeah. right? He rips it down. He tears it apart, but they're not in the ship. No. They were in the ship that was literally right in front of his eyes, 
that he couldn't see because all he could see was the ship that was taking off in front of him yeah. because his need for victory blinds him. Exactly. Right? And that's why they edited the fight, the, the, the flashback fight the way they did yeah. is because they made it so that the part that we're seeing right before what's happening in the present day, yeah, it, it. it pays yeah. off. I do which, love it when they is, have... Ref- which is which is great. Yeah. So that part where he says your need for victory blinds you and then it cuts to that, mm. that is some of the best, most genius writing that yeah. Star Wars has faced I remember thinking when we were watching Mandalorian season two, that idea of it's that episode where um, him and Bill Burr's character um, uh, Mayfeld (laughs) try to um, rescue um, baby Yoda on that planet where they kind of have to dress up in in, in the mud troopers outfits and that kind of thing is that um, I remember Mayfeld talking about something along the lines of um, you just wait how quickly your rules change when you get desperate. Yeah. Right. And then what happens later on in that episode is that essentially because they are, impersonating prisoners, yeah. uh, impersonating stormtroopers. His There's a part change, where, yeah. where, where the TIE fighters say, um, where the TIE fighters save them. And as a result, we end up thinking, Oh yeah, great. Everything's over the dead. But no, they just, they just killed these poor farmers that live on this planet. All right. So what's happening is what we're seeing in that show is causing our rules to change. Mm. That's the best thing that a right that that's that's the best thing that a screenplay can do. It can actually get the audience invested in what the characters are going through. Mm. All right. So not only are Mando's rules changing because he needs to get the kid back. Yeah. Our rules are changing because of what we want the characters in the show to do. Yeah, all right. Parallels. Exactly. exactly. That's that's you know. Th- such that's why Mandalorian is so well written, especially season two, and that episode is one of my yeah. favorites in that show. I do, um, I do love it when when and, the flashbacks of it just like have have like tying in. Like it's not just a whole flashback than the show is where they link it to it. Like everything that's happening is a past, and the the position they were in still is affecting that. Especially with how much this show is about the past affecting them in the present, and absolutely. how much Obi Wan's past and Anakin's past. And so that was definitely a great moment of episode five. Yeah. yeah. So that it, even in that even in the first part of the duel, when Anakin says mercy doesn't defeat the enemy, master. Mm, yeah. You know. So and immediately after that, we cut to the fact that Obi Wan that Anakin is showing very little mercy. He says, yeah. lock down the facility, do not stop the attack. You know, so that that bleeds into that and the whole your need for victory, Anakin, it blinds you, bleeds yeah. into him stopping a ship that had no one on it. No, he, exactly. the, the one that did have everyone on it was right in front of his face. <laughs> but because gonna, his, choo, but because he has such a need for victory that yeah. still remains from his Anakin Skywalker days, um, that's why the that's why the edit of the editing of that episode was amazing, yeah. and the and the writing of that episode was amazing. And the way that that flashback duel ends is you are an amazing warrior, but your need to prove yourself is your undoing. Mm. All right, and that's exactly what happens to Vader in present day. And that's why this the the way that that sh- um, this episode was written and edited to edit together a masterclass a masterclass in you know filmmaking tv making whatever yeah. Th- these are movie level definitely TV. these was, are movie level tv shows decisions so. that were made in terms of the plot was like very strong with that yeah i do think one, one thing we were mentioning specifically in the sixth episode is how beautiful some parts of the show is especially oh. noticing in the start final episode oh we're going to get into that right yeah. after i mentioned also the f- one of my favorite parts of that flashback was that um Anakin is something that, you know, kind of was a slightly touched on in, in episode two, but was never fully elaborated on because we've yep. got other stuff to do is the idea that Anakin was almost very desperate for Obi-Wan's approval yeah. all throughout their kinship, you know, your weapon's gone, it's over and that kind of thing. And all Obi-Wan says is, you know, your need for victory, it blinds you. He's being 
as Anakin told Padme in episode two, overly critical. Mm. All right. So yeah, that's true. this this flashback. Which, I mean, that's just the nature of how the Jedi were. It's like yeah. they're so convinced that their way of thinking is correct that like. They they are like and and, and, and Obi Wan you know almost unintentionally was a product of that system yeah definitely you know and that's why I loved it's it's you know connecting to stuff that was talked about in Episode Two the fact that Anakin saw Obi Wan as being overly critical that he didn't listen mm. that he didn't he didn't feel like a good fit to him as as a as a master and that's why I mean this is something that will be discussed ad nauseum in the Star Wars community that. Qui-Gon Jinn would have been a much better master yeah, exactly. for, for Anakin. And the fact that Obi-Wan ended up as his master played a big part in what, in, in you know, why Anakin went the way he did. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, I imagine that if Qui-Gon, because Qui-Gon went against, was not a typical, typically no. Jedi-ish Jedi, right? He went against the council Constantly, he also you know, had good. He had a lot of faith in. in he had a, um, he had he had a lot of faith in Anakin. Everyone. He was a good person, and he had good intentions, regardless of what the Jedi's agenda was. So I feel like you know, adult Anakin. I mean, look at it this way. I feel like Anakin um, would have felt very comfortable talking, coming to Qui Gon about about Padme. Yeah, I feel like he would have felt comfortable uh, uh, mentioning it to him, and I feel like a Qui Gon would have been. Supportive of that, that he would have been able to um to 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 nurture those feelings and nurture you know, um, the, the, the feelings that he had for Padme without letting it kind of, uh, detract from, from him as a person. All right. The fact that Anakin didn't feel like he could share those things with Obi-Wan is why it kept bottled up. That's why Palpatine could take advantage of him. And that's why he became Darth Vader. So it's why, you know, sliding doors, Qui-Gon needed to die for this whole thing to happen. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So speaking of Qui-Gon and Vader and Obi-Wan. Let's, yeah. let's get into episode, episode six. Episode six was a mix of two things. One, giving us everything all the fans wanted. And two, yep. just being a really good episode. I don't know. Such an amazing hour of yeah. Star Wars. It was just... I, I, to, to I clarify, loved it. To clarify, we loved it was longer. To clarify, we literally just watched it. Yeah, all right? So it's fresh like. in our minds. Um, so much to love. All right? It starts out slow as it should. It's setting up everything that's about to happen. Mm. All right? And essentially, the first thing that we get of any real kind of, you know, concrete thing is uh obi-wan landing on this desolate planet yeah vader follows him in the shuttle yeah. and that fight ensues which and oh my yeah. god what a fight it was it like was a really interesting unique planet like it was it was kind of i loved was, i like, loved its design long spires of stone loved its design which really led into the combat of like how they were fighting like they were using all the stone around them with the force like that was a really interesting fight and Different to the previous and future fights that we have seen with everyone and Anakin, which I quite like. Yeah, I like to. F- I like how their fighting styles have visibly changed because because Darth Vader is able to more while still um, having parallels to previous parts and the future. Which yeah, is good. I love the fact that in the the way that it starts is, "Have you come to to kill me, Obi Wan? Yeah, I will do what I must. That's a, that's what Obi Wan said on Mustafar. That's exactly. such a great parallel. And I honestly thought that Vader was going to say, "You will try," but he says, "Then you will die." Yeah. So that, but which is also cool. Um, but yes, the way the way that the force was used mm. the the lightsaber action felt so fluid yeah. you know it doesn't it didn't feel like you know I, a lot of people have come around on the prequels choreography i still maintain that there are lots of parts of the of the choreography in in clone war sorry not in clone war in the prequels that yep. feel very over choreographed yeah this uh felt yeah, like, definitely a bit of revenge of the step of the this spin. felt <laughs> like the perfect mix the the, yep. the fight the lightsaber combat in this episode might be the best live action lightsaber combat we've ever gotten. It's pretty good. I especially because- love the difference in terms of like Vader's was so much more brutal. One hand just kind of like hitting back. Obi-Wan had to like, he grew into his technique. And as he went further in the fight, he like eventually 
got back in his stride. He became more comfortable yeah. with it, which is understandable because because Obi Wan is, is layers, yeah. slowly reconnecting with the Force as he has done in the in the last three episodes. Before, mm. um, since they last met and that's why he's so much more uh, skilled is because he doesn't need to try as hard to conceal everything about Luke and Leia because he's 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 had some practice with it now yeah. you know he's had some time to, to kind of rebuild himself you know which is why I think that the point that we see him in, in episode 6 makes complete sense it didn't feel yeah. forced it didn't feel rushed it felt good with what we saw in the story which was great I also love the fact that we got the the, the original yeah he did, the, he did the pose that's that how they good. start I will do what I lots must of, with lots the thing of little callbacks and fun references another thing like so obviously we see Obi-Wan lose the first part of the fight but yeah. his overconfidence in his victory again because he thought pretty much I've defeated Obi-Wan I can leave him now he like, buries him in the rocks yeah rather yeah. than like fully finishing the job means that Obi-Wan like breaks out of it he 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 gets the courage that he's been doing for uses the force and has a second part of the fight yeah. with a more even more brutal than the first part but this time from Obi-Wan's side like he's cutting into Anakin my favorite part is that the second half of this fight he sneaks up on Vader the same way he snuck up on him in episode 3 yeah. which is awesome and i honestly thought i thought what was going to happen is that as he was kind of trying to get out of those rocks right i thought that we were going i thought that's when we were going to hear Qui-Gon yeah. I honestly thought that we were going to have kind of like a Spider-Man homecoming moment <laughs> yeah. where he's trapped under all this rubble and he has this kind of we inner monologue did, with himself with and he hears him and he hears his master's voice. He says whatever. And that says, you know, rise Obi-Wan or something. I don't know. Yeah, and this um, he was thinking he, of like Leia and Luke and, and, and he, how he needed to keep fighting, I think. Which is, and I love that just as much as, I would yeah. have if we had seen Qui- if we had heard Qui Gon, which in we may or may not have. Oh, later I mean, on. Who knows? You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. So the 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 fight continues. Obi Wan wails on Vader, and mm. again, I love the justification as to why he's able to do this. Yeah. And we get that justification a little bit later with Vader and the Emperor. Yeah. With Ian McDermott coming back, exactly. how cool was that? Exactly. Is that his his connection to his past? Is his still connection a to his, his connection to his past and his is, yeah. is his weakness and his the fact focusing that focusing on Obi Wan is his- that ultimately, regardless of how much Darth Vader has has taken over we know that anakin is not completely yeah exactly all right um there's a part of vader that will always see the man who raised him and that's and that's why he can't the only if you think about it the only reason he kills him in episode four is because everyone lets him kill him yeah you know so i like to think that there's this there's this idea that obi-wan kenobi is the one person that vader can never defeat Mm. right and i love that idea. I, I love the justification of it. I love the idea that he cannot kill him because of their, their history. And I, I, I completely understood that that's why to the same degree as well. Like Obi-Wan was just obliterating Vader and probably would have gone in for the kill. Had it not been for him seeing his eye and realizing, Oh, this is Anakin. That's I'm Anakin. He, this is he, Anakin. I'm fighting. I love that. There's a moment where he sees his eyes. Yeah. It's Hayden's eyes. And I just, I, I, I told you, I was almost tearing up yeah. when he says, Anakin, I'm so sorry. Exactly. You know, there's, there's just that, there was just that amazing moment. It was very the- emotional moment. Quite funny how it was just exactly the same as Twilight of the Apprentice from Rebels. I was going to say, it's Rebels. <laughs> it is. It it's was Rebels. just Twilight of the Apprentice again. Oh my goodness. It's literally the same mask break. I know, he's point. like. I think it's just like a design floor of the helmet where it just breaks off at that point. It just I love that because so yeah, that part of it breaks in this part, yeah. and then about four or five years later, the exact same thing happens. Mm, exactly. So whoever like Darth Vader tech support is back on Mustafa is like, oh, not this crap again. Yeah, he's probably like, hey guys, just letting you know, this part of the helmet it's a bit uh, fragile. Maybe fix it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get right on that. Yeah. Uh, so that part where the mask is exposed and we yeah. hear a 
a half. It's a mix. It's of, kind of half and half yeah. of James Earl Jones and Hayden, which was amazing. It was very right. Good. There's that part where where Obi Wan he starts to tear up and he says, "I'm I'm so sorry for what I for the part that I played in this." Um, and then <laughs> the best moment of the entire episode is he refers to him as Darth. He refers to him as Darth, like in Episode Four. <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. But oh. I want to I want to touch on the idea that Anakin actually says to Obi Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, that was. I did. That was a good which moment. Is, which is a, which is amazing because I really it like that. it really speaks to the idea that Darth Vader does not. He, he thinks of Darth Vader and Anakin Skywalker as two different people. Yeah. All right. The fact that he thinks that Darth Vader, it, like Yoda said in Episode Three, the boy you trained gone. He is consumed by Darth Vader. Yeah. So he. So even Yoda thinks oh. of Darth Vader as. This kind of ethereal Sith-like force. Yeah, and everyone is just convi- completely that, convinced that, that kind of gone. stole Anakin's body. If you would think of it like that, so that I from and what I said was true from a certain point of view. Yeah. Exactly. So that part of it where, um, you know, you know um, that 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 part where he's saying that that what you see of Hayden's face, there's a good mix of the glow of, of Vader's red lightsaber mm, yeah. and Obi-Wan's blue lightsaber. Lighting this dichotomy of the light and the dark. It was very important. So well done. Such amazing visual storytelling. Yeah. And the then filmmaking that, in this fight, in this episode in particular, was outstanding. Yeah. And then that part where Obi-Wan concedes that he can't bring Anakin back. That, yep. that that the backstory for why he says he's more machine now than man. He doesn't believe Anakin's there anymore. Yep. Um that's why he says that my friend is truly dead, right? Mm. Which I also love is is a reference to what Luke says in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because uh, when they're having that chat for when before they go see the Emperor on Endor, when he says, it's too late for me, son, the Emperor is your master now. And before he gets taken away by the Stormtroopers, he says that my father is truly dead, all right? Mm. So the fact that they kind of mirror each other was beautiful. But the best part of this kind of visual storytelling thing is right after Obi-Wan says that my friend is truly dead, mm. you cut back to Anakin slash Vader's face, the the blue glo- the the glow yeah, of the blue lightsaber diminishes completely and it's just this piercing red across his face and you can see the brutal evil in those eyes the effect as well of how it was cut and his oh, face peering so through well the red done and Obi Wan just fantastic Obi Wan just leaves him there because he can't kill him but he knows yeah. that because Anakin, Anakin is Anakin, he knows that Anakin isn't there anymore but he still can't bring himself to kill him because he'll always yeah. see the boy he raised under that mask which I I, yeah. I I love that and from that moment on he stops referring to him as Anakin or whatnot and just goes to that was Darth. the best part because I obviously that the justification of it besides from the fact that it was done before he, they knew he was Darth wasn't his first name is that he only <laughs> well, sees him as a dark lord he only sees look, him as evil that's so dark, why but, the, the, the actual reason yeah. is because Back when episode four came out, it was not decided that Luke and Leia were siblings and that Luke and Leia were... The Darth Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker. Yes, Daddy Skywalker. Exactly. So when Alec Guinness says, only a master of evil, Darth... He's doing it because it was written as if Darth was, was his first <laughs> name. First name Darth, last name Vader. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. there, there are there are arguments to be made. So like the like, now like the, that you look back at it. Yeah. There are arguments to be made that George did know because the Latin meaning of Darth Vader is Dark Father. But, yeah, but like, but I, I don't. Well, know. actually, no, not Latin. So it's I think it's is it Arabic? Du- it's Dutch, and it's close to it. Like. Darth is a made-up word. Like, that isn't in any language. I'm pretty, Or even if it is, it was, like, an unknown connection. Right. And Vata, I think, in Dutch or German is father. But it's, I like, see. Right. that's the one that kind of is... I'm pretty sure it was more of an accidental yeah. coincidence. But the, idea, but the idea that they need to bring... Because 
if Obi-Wan still thought the way he does now in episode four, yeah. that moment where they meet in episode four, it's just them. Yeah. Right. You could imagine that in universe, he would have said only a master of evil, Anakin, or yeah, exactly. only a master of evil, Vader, or something like that. Yeah. You know, so the idea that they are setting that whole Darth thing up by essentially saying <laughs> that this is the moment yep. where Obi-Wan fully accepted. Yeah, the moment that, An- that he stopped believing Anakin existed. That Anakin was dead. Yeah. That Anakin was dead and he had been consumed by Darth Vader and that's all that will ever be. Exactly. Is he said goodbye, Darth. Yeah. It was a little bit... It, it, there's, there's, they had to do it. They there's had to there's do always it. a part of it that will make me laugh. So goofy. Because I'm going to... Because I, I know that I'm going to be rewatching this episode over and over again over yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, you're never going to not laugh. There's always a part of me that, that's going to make me snicker. I, and I'm very... Because again, we just watched it, so we don't know anything about how this episode has been perceived by the Star Wars yeah. community. Um, we could be completely the minority. Everyone hated it. We could be in the complete minority and everyone could hate and think that it was so cringy that he called him Darth. But uh, I don't know. I think people no, will they like had, it. They had to do it. Yeah. I think I think people will like it. I mean, it is it is kind of cringy, but it's very goofy. But they had to do it because, like, it's... You don't want to re, re... Like, obviously, this was made prior to... After the prequels, which were made after the original trilogy. So yes. everything hinges on that first film, A New Hope. And... So many things have changed since then, but that is the essence of what Star Wars was. And so y- you can't really change much. As much as George Lucas loves to think you can like go back and change things, yeah. it is what it is. And so that was an important part. Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah. so let's, uh, let's, let's wrap, wrap, up wrap up this yeah. discussion with like the last part of episode six, which is the fact that Reva's story is concluded. She goes after Luke <laughs> after seeing that transmission in episode yeah, five. Right. It's kind of Again, bad. I feel like it would have served the story a little bit more if she had died in episode five. I think yeah. it would have served her story better. It would have made her a more tragic character but I did like the idea that she lets Luke go because yeah. she can't do it he, she can't do what Vader did to her friends and I love that yeah. moment where she's about to strike Luke down and she sees flashes of herself mm-hmm. all right and she realizes she is becoming Vader yeah all right which is which is something that I thought was really well done and that moment where she just breaks down to everyone I couldn't do it am I like him and she yeah. says no you're not because you stopped yourself exactly all right you're you're, you're what you, you know your destiny is what you make it essentially mm. and Reva survives yeah. and she just goes off and oh, who knows she drops her lightsaber presumably buries it in the desert somewhere exactly. add, add another one of those to the uh, the collection how of many lightsabers are buried in the Tatooine oh, sand we're, we're up to at least three but I by, swear there's more by 34 BBY yeah. Rise of Skywalker so many there's at least there's a number of them it's uh, we don't we, we never really find out what happened to Obi-Wan's lightsaber after he disappeared you can assume that it was destroyed by Vader who knows um, different to the one that he has in A New Hope no, no, he, he keeps the same one from Avenger of the Sith onwards. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we know that L- Luke and Leia's lightsabers end up there. We know that Reavers ends up there. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun story. Ray will probably bury it in the sand in the, in the sequel sequels. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> if if, if, if uh, rather than going out and slaughtering all these Jedi, they should just, General Grievous just sort of got a metal detector. I love that Tatooine meme. June sand. Yeah, like, where General Grievous is just using a metal detector upon the, upon the Tatooine sand. Exactly. That was amazing. Wild. Now, um, let's get into the final scenes of episode six. Um Biggest let's part. let's get into first of all let's start out with Obi Wan back on Alderaan. Yeah, uh, Leia is reunited with her family, which that is wonderful, good. and then they have this um they have this beautiful moment together mm. where Obi Wan admits that, oh, that he was, did yeah, know her with, with he did parents. know her parents, yeah. and she talks about you know what traits she gets from each of them. She gets her tenacity and her leadership and her and her courage from Padme yeah, and like her passion her, her, her passion and her her 
her bravery and her fearlessness. We could get to that both from, from both of them, I guess, but uh, from Anakin. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't mention Padme and Anakin by name, but she yeah. mentions that... that <laughs> you get your evilness and your ability to slaughter younglings from your dad. <laughs> um, oh, and let's... Sorry, I had to keep backtracking because we have to wrap this up. We've been yeah. going for so long now, but I want to go back... There's to too much to say. Yeah. I want to go back to quickly episode three where we actually start to learn uh, where um, where Leia has that moment where, where she asks Obi-Wan, are you my yeah. real father? And then he talks about that idea of the fact that the Jedi are taken from their families when they're very young, but he still mm. gets flashes of his backstory. Yeah. The fact that he had a, a mother and a father, that he had a brother, mm. Obi-2. <laughs> you just wanted to do that. That's, I was not expecting that. I bring all. that up because this is a fun fact. Ewan McGregor's brother. Yay. Obi-2 Kenobi coming soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we need to use those sound bites more. Um, yeah. So the idea that, that, that I just bring that up because there's a fun fact where Ewan McGregor's real life brother yeah. is a, um, he's a pilot in the air force oh, really? and his call sign is OB2. OB2. That's wild. Can you believe that? That's fantastic. There yeah. you go. That implies that it was a joke. It wasn't a joke. Um, yeah. Hello there. <laughs> I'm just going to go crazy on the soundbite. Oh, you, I've reminded you about it now. No, no, no. We've got a quick rush. rush. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So back to episode six. We have that amazing moment with Luke and uh, with Leia and Obi-Wan, which I loved. Yeah. And um, it really sets up this idea that uh, if you ever need me, uh, yeah. you know, I'll be there for you or something like that. Setting up where we're going to be in the new It hope. stands to reason that that doesn't happen, but um, who knows? Um, to an extent. I mean, Bale definitely thinks it, maybe it's time to go call on my Jedi friend or whatever in Rogue One. Yeah. So. Um, now... Possibly the best scene in the show. Yeah, I knew, uh, I knew the part you were hyping for. The last, ep- the last part of the, uh, the last part of the of the episode where Obi Wan comes to the La- to the Lars homestead, yep. and he essentially concedes based on what he's seen, yep. what Leia um, has been through. He kind of begins to understand uh, uh, to um, to Owen. He needs to be raised as a boy. He needs to be raised as a boy. You know, he doesn't need me. You know, I don't need to, he doesn't need to be wrapped up in, in the baggage that I bring with me. He's okay here. And I know that you guys are more than capable. Mm. Um, and then as he's leaving, Owen says, do you want to meet him? Yeah. And we get Obi-Wan and Luke's first meeting. And of course. And of course we hear. Hello there. And I- Michael and I <laughs> went Nuts! They're always gonna do it. I mean, I honestly thought they weren't going to. I I honestly thought they couldn't blend it in, and they did. They did it perfectly. Like with how much of the show is built on the hype of prequel fans, they were always gonna. As he was as he was walking up, I was like, "He's gonna say it. He's gonna say it. He's gonna say it." And then he did, and we went nuts, which is amazing. So I love very very funny. So I love the fact that they meet. I love the fact that he gives him the sky. I love the fact that he gives him the skyhopper, which is amazing. And then that final scene. Yeah. Everyone's escape. Where everyone's I didn't think that they were going to em- bring emerging him into the the Junlin wastes yeah. back into wherever he's going next because he ca- he packs up his cave. Yeah, he's about you to know. Go. So you can assume that he goes into the hut that he gets to in episode four. Maybe yep. he's, he's he's renting a new place from he that is. guy with the beard. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that guy came back. Yes, that. and then we see Qui Gon Jinn, Mister Mister Jinn. We see Liam Neeson return as Qui Gon Jinn, and my heart, honestly, I grabbed your arm and I was I was in disbelief. <laughs> I don't even care that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I love. It don't think about it. <laughs> don't think about it. Yes, because you know, can, canon wise, it, it made emotional Qui- sense to the story, which is the it, most important. Uh, important part. When I was talking earlier about the fact that I don't care about little nitpicky things if it serves the story and has the emotional weight that's supposed to come with it. All right, yeah, I, I can I can let things go you know kind of like the whole obi-wan not being on tatooine the entire time yeah, i don't exactly. care about it because the story off because uh, uh, the story required it yeah all right 
this this type of ending and the fact that Qui Gon, Obi Wan was trying to reach out to him the entire time, mm. it made complete sense that Qui Gon would appear to yeah, him, which um, uh, which which made sense. So for those of you who don't know, but, uh, in Clone Wars season six, essentially what happens is Qui Gon reveals to Yoda through the voice yep. that. Uh, his training to become a force ghost was incomplete. He only got to the point where you can manifest yourself as a voice. Mm. All right. And then in, um, in, episode, in uh, season six of Clone Wars, he teaches Yoda the full extent of that training, which is why Yoda can appear as a voice and as a ghost, which is why he gives Obi-Wan that training. And that's why they can appear as force ghosts, but Qui-Gon can't. Yeah. Obviously this negates that, but I don't care at all. Uh, maybe everyone uh, was just tripping, you know. <laughs> just saw him as a who knows? Who knows? Because we did see Qui Gon as a body on Mortis in yeah, Clone Wars, so that yeah. might be something. Like, that the rules of the Force kind of bend the things. That might be a, a cool workaround. He got a he got a a hall pass from exactly. the, He got a hall pass from the, the Force gods, yeah. you know, from those from the from the six Force, um, you know, people that from the six space. Uh, Space um, wizards. Force emotion wizards that guide Yoda through his training in season six. I need to rewatch that. I don't remember like nothing about that arc. Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. a while since I've watched it. Um, but but yeah. definitely to the emotion of the of the character and like to see them like, to see Qui Gon and yeah. Obi Wan together. The idea again, that it he just, wasn't it, ready to see him prior to this because he's just, been he's been searching for Qui Gon throughout episode one, throughout episode five, like throughout it, and then finally he was ready to see his it master. Just, it just melted my heart. We haven't seen good. Liam Neeson in in as we Liam Neeson. We haven't as, seen Liam Neeson. As Liam Neeson, yeah, as Liam Neeson, he hasn't appeared in ten years because we because we've seen him animated and we've heard and we've heard his voice, of course, but we haven't seen Liam Neeson on screen since mm. nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it's been twenty three years, yeah. right? That's amazing. So, um, yeah, it's just I I can't tell you how much I love the ending to this show. It was and very good. retroactively, the fact that they pulled off the ending of this show so well, it actually makes the parts that are not so good about this yeah. show. Better. It because definitely changed my overall opinion. Because, of the show. because when we go back and watch those episodes, yeah, they're not going to be great, but we know what's coming. Yeah. And the fact that we get Reva's backstory, for instance, right, yeah. in episode five, all right, now we're going to go be able to go back and watch episode one knowing that, yeah. and it's going to emphasize our viewing, I think which, which I think is very exciting. Most so, importantly, it starts off really interesting in, in, with characters that we want to see, and it bookends it with a satisfying way for the characters, the arc of how they go forward. And so yeah. because of that, I think it was a huge success. I loved it. I thought the show was great. Like, yeah, there, uh, stumbled like, a bit, but exactly, it stumbled a bit in the middle, it, which is why I started to get worried. I was thinking if these, I remember saying distinctly, I was saying to a person at work because I got a, a colleague of mine who's a big Star Wars fan, and I yeah. said after episode four, episodes five and six better blow my mind. And, and did my they, Jack? God, did they? Yeah. And retroactively, it made the entire show better. Definitely. So yes, it's not. A, it's not a perfect gem in the Star Wars chronology, um, but it has so much good going for it. Yeah. Ewan McGregor is is he might be my favorite thing in Star Wars now. He after well, this he show, was, I mean, you always loved don't you? Uh, after this show Kenobi. specifically, he might be just the best thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. He's just such a gift to the Star Wars mythos. He's so good at acting. Um, Hayden Christensen, Vader, amazing. Leia, young Leia, was great. Uh, Tala was good. Haja was was. Was, was was a good character and a great character. Uh, Reva, I definitely came around on towards the end. Don't I thought the music was beautiful. John, Williams, yeah, he came back. John Williams' score for Obi Wan, like he, the Obi Wan theme. Yeah. Like the reason that John Williams wanted to write it was because he never got to write a theme for Obi Wan, mm. which is amazing. Um, Adam, I'm not sure if the if the rest of the music that's played throughout the um, show we'll is all John Williams, but I know that the main theme yeah, is definitely. him. Um, and oh, that's another thing I guess I could say is that, and then we'll slowly wind this down, <laughs> is that I was hoping to hear a little bit more of the Imperial March with Vader. Which we 
because we only we only heard it once in episode six after Mm. he has that um chat with the emperor which was interesting um which you know we got it so i don't mind but you know i'd like to hear it more yeah imperial march um yeah so uh, so anyway those are my final thoughts michael what do you think yeah as i said before it's it's uh it gave me the emotions i wanted to watch just simply i was so excited leaning into it and I definitely, even the parts of it that were a bit weaker, I still found a lot of fun in the show and it just recaptured my love of like the best parts of the prequels and the characters and how it like is this fun origin to the the way we know the characters by the original trilogy and it it passed on all levels for me and so I, I think it was, it's just, it's a classic and very important part of the, of the arc for these characters. Now that if I'm ever wanting to do like, ah, oh, I want to watch a, the Star Wars original trilogy or, or like Star Wars saga, specifically maybe in prequels and original trilogy, I'm very tempted to slip in at least some of my favorite parts of the show into it. Like, 100%. This not only improves the later parts of the prequels, but gives a little bit more depth to what we see in episode four, which yeah. I think is exactly what this show needed to do. Uh, Ewan McGregor said himself that he wanted to really, um, you know, bridge the um you know the character arcs of Anakin and Obi-Wan between episodes 3 and 4 yeah. and i think that's exactly what this show did so overall Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah i really really enjoyed it so I, if we were going to be rating it i'd give it like an 8 yeah yeah probably around that um it just it's a breath of fresh air to what was originally for me cuz um I, I've been loving Star Wars throughout and the Disney Plus shows, but certainly a little bit to a point, it's starting to be a bit like, are they doing shows about like anything? But this definitely reminded me that, no, there are definitely stories that I want to see that we just haven't been able to see, especially in long-form TV shows format. And the fact that this, in my opinion, had hit those most important parts for me is I'm excited for the future where they go from here. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, season two? We'll see. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it needs it. I know, I, that, I'd love I know it. that it's a limited series, but I can't help but thinking there were so many setups at the yeah. end of this episode. Well, they're, they're setting up for a new hope. <laughs> Vader says to, Emperor, to the Emperor, we will find him. And that part where well, they don't, yeah. Qui-Gon says to Obi-Wan, come on, we've got a long way to go. Yeah, you it, know, it, it sets up the idea that Qui-Gon is going to conduct Obi-Wan's force ghost training, Yeah, which I, I would love to see. Again, I would love. I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no. I think it would be great. But uh, I. I've and heard, there's room for it. I don't know if it's necessary. But hey, no, no, I'm no. I say can, no to I, that I, show. It's not like I can't live without it. Yeah. If this is all we get, I'm more than happy. But there's been not only there's also been a lot of buzz around it just in the community. Oh, it's been huge. Because, you know, I mean, it's just rumors, of course. But you know, I've seen rumors all across the internet that season two has already been greenlit. I don't believe it, but mm, yeah, like, the fact that this show in its first day was watched by like over 15 million people in less than an hour. Yeah, it is, crazy. it is it, it, to this day, it is now the most popular Disney plus series since the show started as far as views and, and, and number of watches. Yeah. It's the most popular show they've ever done. So as far as, you know, yeah, a, they're incentive to do it. as yeah. far as like a creative Lucasfilm decision, it's a very good financial and production wise um, a, a reason uh, explanation an explanation to do more. Yeah. Um, but if we, if like, yeah, if we don't get more, I don't mind, but I'm certainly going to not going to say no. If no. I find out tomorrow, Obi-Wan Kenobi confirmed for season two. Yeah. If, if we, if we want to watch the sequel to Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, we could watch a new hope, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, that's true. Um, but, but also if, you know, I would want to see in season two, I'd want to see all the Obi-Wan Qui-Gon stuff. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't seem like, I'm so happy that Liam Neeson came back to to, to yeah, play that was to good. play Qui Gon. I didn't know if he was going to do it. I'm not sure if he would do it for an extended That's run. That's true. For I'm like not a sure. Whole show. I'm not sure if he would commit to like a a 
contracted appearance in a show. Yeah. Like that was very much a cameo. That he would have showed up that, for, for like an afternoon. In the same way that like Han Solo came back for Force Awakens, but I doubt he'll do anything again. Exactly. He no, did have a small cameo. Harrison Ford will come back for a cameo, not a movie. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that... Quite, that uh, I'm we not, don't know if he will. He might, but I don't know. Like, Liam Neeson, has, years, Liam Neeson has said very publicly that he loves Phantom yeah. and he loves the role. That, that well, he's he, one of the best parts of it. That he loves the, the role he got to play and he has very fond memories working with George and, and Ewan and Ahmed Best. So yeah. he clearly has fond memories of working in the Star Wars universe. So yeah. who knows? Maybe he would say yes that they asked him to do another, uh, uh, you know, an extended version of, of Qui-Gon again. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, guys, that's our view of Obi Wan Kenobi, exactly, and yeah. I'm really, really happy with what the show has given us. Exactly, and I'm, and I'm so excited for where Star Wars goes next. Uh, yeah, so we, it's uh, going in all different directions with Mando and Andor and Ahsoka and Bad Batch, and and Tales of the Jedi. Yes, and, is- and and Skeleton Crew, that new show. Yeah, look, there's I, so much been announced. It's we'll only have to more do, to go from We'll here. have to do maybe an episode next week where we talk about all the new stuff and break I it down. I believe so. There's lots of room for us to talk. Uh, yeah, it's just. It's it's a great it's a great position for us specifically as Star Wars fans. It's and a great Star Wars time. podcast people. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan right it's, now. It's it's always a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, right and now, we're getting exactly. and we're getting more Bad Batch very soon, so we'll be able to that's do like true. weekly stuff about that, which is very exciting. Uh, but anyway, guys, that's it for now. I uh, really hope you enjoyed our first episode back doing the podcast in a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, we we've been on like a couple of hiatuses at this point, but yeah. that's what happens. Extraneous life circumstances. That's what happens but- when you are young, twenty year old doing a you know this thing completely on your own while also uh undertaking yeah. uni courses it's and it's trying a, to navigate a pandemic it's and, a passion for us but and so we, we always like strive to if we really can we really want to put this out and so the fact that we've had this opportunity to do this episode today has has been really exciting i've me. enjoyed this i've, chat I've had so a good much. time so yeah um, thank you and, all for listening and i imagine us, that it's yeah. really long i'm going to check the time yeah, if, but, you, yeah. if you've stuck us with this whole time you uh you're a real one out there yeah exactly uh so yeah make sure to find us on apple Podcasts as well as youtube the 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 video version of this it's available everywhere uh make sure to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter we're all there we're we're we're, check us out there and uh tune in next time for telling the odds michael